guy. You betcha. Hello, my children. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Supernatural The Crossroads. I'm your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me, as always, is Michael Flores and Ryan Denton for the first time for a season finale. Yeah, I well, I you know, I decided not to leave town. You decided not to fuck the show up. Wow, that's aggressive. <laughs> I mean, I guess the show isn't really a show without me on it, so that makes sense. Exactly. You got to give the people what they want, yeah, Ryan. dicks. Lots and lots Dick of dicks. jokes every 15.3 minutes. Yeah, well, I got to keep you in check. <laughs> All right, guys, today we're talking about season 12's two-part season finale. We are going to be doing this one. If you are listening to us live, thank you very much. This is going to be a long-ass night for us. We are going to do both episodes continuously, all live, all the time, and with all the dick jokes from Ryan. Yeah, I mean, if I fall asleep, just hit me in the back of the head, Thomas. With the dick? Oh, Oh, (laughs) is that supposed to be my joke? God. I know, come on, that's you. Stealing my shit, man. But guys, if you are listening to this on demand, it's going to be in a two-part sequence. Part one for uh, who we are and part two for all along the Watchtower. Man, do we have a lot to talk about. We got a ton to talk about. And a lot of it is, a lot of it's good. A lot of it's awesome stuff for the fans, touching moments. And a lot of it is, spoiler alerts, depressing as fuck. For the first time in a very, very long time, I personally feel... Supernatural really pushed the envelope as to what we can expect as fans, as to what we can expect as as you know viewers of this television show, even even cable TV in a lot of ways with that first half. Well, you know, I I, I sent a, a a message to Mike, and I made sure I sent it to just him that way. I didn't because I know you were behind on watching the episodes, and I just basically said I was like, man, I didn't think we'd be right, but I did. You know, I thought we might be right, but I definitely didn't think it would hurt this bad being this, oh, yeah. like, right. Like I was like. Sitting there, and I was just like, uh, uh, right, like, like, dude, whimpering the whole time. It was, yeah, it was bad. I definitely had some feelings. Anybody who was on Twitter who saw some of the tweets, both from, you know, Mike, Ryan, myself, and just fans in general, we were like the whole time, I'm so sorry I didn't think it'd be this bad. 
even though we were right. It, it yeah. sucks because we like being right because it shows that we have a concept as to what the show is doing and, and the writing room and the, the talent behind the show and a pulse on the fans. That's exactly it. But it fucking sucks, too, dude. Yeah, I know. I know we were getting some like... uh like smack it around say you guys are always saying you're right i'm like we're not trying to sound like like we are know-it-alls i like knowing when we hit it on the head because it shows that we understand what's going on in the writing room we know what direction they're taking and yes a pulse on the writers themselves and what their plan of actions are yeah not just the writers but the fans too yeah i mean we've talked for a while now as fans and as people who understand the writing room we're going to get into, we're just, this whole thing's going to be spoilers. So if you are thinking we'll watch the, I'll listen course, to the first, I'm going to listen to the Crossroads first half, and then I'll listen to the second one after I watch the episode. Don't do that. We're going to go right into a lot of different things. We're going to jump around a bit. But to call the death of major characters that we have been, frankly, calling for yeah. since season 10. I mean, if you, if you want a phrase like that, we could just say, oh yeah, this year will totally be the year and just keep going until that hit. But this one was accurate we we talked about why they were doing it we were talking about andrew dabbs need to give us a hard a soft reboot slash reset for the show to kind of get rid of things that were on the plate before but also set up his new yeah road that he wants to right, go down exactly and it all came to fruition this time we saw that tinder box that we talked about this entire season did someone say tinder not that Tinder oh, or that box. Oh, 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 oh gotcha. Okay, just just double checking. We'll we'll say Grinder for talking about you. Oh, perfect. Yeah, oh, there you go. yeah, perfect. I love swiping right there. Mm-hmm. It all exploded all in Ryan's face this episode. <laughs> but you know what? It really did, and it did. Uh, and I want to give props. It, it doesn't. I, I don't want to be negative. It doesn't fix some of the issues they had throughout the season, but. It does fix. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? It like, doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I texted you this shortly after I watched the episode. I, I was wanting the previous good chunks of this season to be more structured like these last four last at least the last two were. Yeah, because it all felt like supernatural. The The stakes had been raised. The I'd say the last five episodes. What was it? Yeah. The I memory know. remains. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. From there, it kind of did take off and and set things into motion, finally. Stuff we've been talking about for season 12 all year long, which makes me think that it's not so much that it had bad ideas or, or things like that, but it does come back down to that structure element and some of those things we talked about where yeah, yep. there are some novice writers who, no matter how good or how poorly they did, some of them didn't show the strength or the understanding of Supernatural right. or, you know, it's their first time on a serialized television show like this. And we as fans are going to be so much more vitriolic and, and hateful for you missed this, even though that's not exactly fair all the time. Yeah. But I mean, 12 years, we are going to be the jaded assholes. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, but it does make you be think, the jaded. Asshole. I am the jaded yeah. asshole. It does point. All things do point to what we went over about a month ago. Yeah. Uh, about the whole the soft reboot, the cleaning of the slate. And you can definitely see that with the fact that the first half was more or less the season finale. And the second episode was more like the setup laying down the great groundwork for what is to come next. And the first after, half finished the the story right, of season twelve, right? Yes. And after watching those two combine, it it just it hits. We were right on with the entire thing that Dab was attempting to do. He was trying to pass the time while while he's Swinging. restructuring and refocusing a show. And when you see what happens in the second the second episode, 
uh, the ender, the season finale episode. I mean, yeah, he was planning for a major reset because it's that episode is a is a game changer in a lot of ways, not just power levels and villains and the, the big bad for the upcoming season, but the very structure of the world we've understood. We knew that, like, for example, the alternate dimensions, we've known that was a thing thanks to the men of letters and uh, Charlie. But it was it was an Oz episode. It was kind of a small thing here. No, but also the French mistake. The French mistake was, but again, a comedic episode while it was a great episode. But it was it an was alternate reality. a fun one and an alternate reality. But this was the first time we saw that this shit can really, really suck. And there's chances that it can traverse into our world just as we can go visit them for a short period of time. Right. Which opens all kinds of new possibilities and who, what, what characters may or may not be dead. Could characters that are dead come back, but it's not really them? This leads to a ton of questions. And like you said, the first half, the first episode did feel like let's wrap up this elements we introduced for season 12. Right. Well, the second half is let's, you know, shoot the gun at the race and watch them all run. <laughs> and maybe we'll hit a couple people with that gun at the same time yeah, because there's a lot of bodies that hit the ground. Stray, stray bullets. Yeah, that Dab doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of here's the thing. As a fan, it's depressing. But I also really like that he didn't give a fuck. My plan is to befriend all of you on Twitter and then fuck you over. <laughs> God. I feed on your tears. I'm going to play nice with all of you on Twitter, making you guys think I'm one of you. Maybe that was some of his grand master plan. We'll give the fans what they want throughout the season, and then at the end, I'll dick them so hard they'll wish they'd never yeah. had any of it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> God. That's so uh, aggressive. Yeah, I mean... That's I'll, what this episode felt like. I'll give you mixtape Wednesday, but then kill them. <laughs> He thought that was his peace offering. Hey guys, I'm going to kill Castiel, but you got a mixtape. You got a mixtape and slight conf- <laughs> you know, slight confirmation on, you know. Wink wink, nod nod. Right. Someone's dead. <laughs> it was depressing, but let's let's move into our news bit. We have some good news that came out of the last few weeks for fans. Which is surprising for the end of the year. Usually there's not a whole lot of news. We got we got little bits of information here and there in terms of like new casting that's happening but something like this to get actual relevant news is pretty damn rare i know right especially for something to me it seemed so different we were going into the finale all the news has been lucifer's going to make you cry and then everything terrible is going to happen it's two-part epic and then at the same time it's juxtaposed with Oh, yeah, and also Scooby-Doo and the gang are going to be a part of the show. (laughs) Dude, it's going to be so awesome. That is so different, though, for this time of year and what we hear. Right. Right. It's mostly like, it's mostly casting stuff or, you know, who's casting stuff. This person's going to be in season 13 as some shadowy figure. Yeah. Now, this one is going to be later in the season, according to sources, about episode 16, and it is going to be an animated episode. I guess it, now is the Scooby-Doo gang showing up or yes. is it in the style of Scooby-Doo? No, it is going to be an animated oh, episode. No yes. shit. Animated yes. episode and the Scooby-Doo gang is going to be there. Oh, I can't. High wait. and all. I'm hoping. <laughs> this place is like uber creepy, Scoob. I mean, it, it's, ah. it, this is the episode that's been, it's been, honestly, this is something we've been waiting for. I mean, even if we didn't think it would ever happen, how many Scooby-Doo references, Scooby-Doo jokes have we seen through the past 12 years and to actually make it a reality you know if this was any other tv show attempting this i would be afraid but supernatural has a track record of taking these cheesy ideas and turning it into gold i have been wrong before i was not a fan oh so you're against this 
No, no, no. I'm saying the uh-huh. idea of cheesy concepts. Right. Supernatural can execute them. I have gone on record saying I don't like musicals, and I was not going. I was very trepidatious about the season mm. ten two hundredth episode. <laughs> yes, Ryan. Word. I'll get you the uh, the source later. The wow. sexy word. I like it. Don't call <laughs> me trepidatious. What, 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 what is it again? I can't even say it. Trepidatious. He trepidatiously entered, moved his finger Her. across my belly. Oh, oh. <laughs> he went down to my nether regions and then handed my me purple headed a mixtape. He trepidatiously handed me a mixtape. Then I mastered. Okay, all right. <laughs> and, th- and then I winked. The Ryan and Mike <laughs> wank time hour. We'll be after the live show, for those of you interested. No, the fifth hour, anything goes. Yeah, anything goes. We pull our dicks out and flap them around. That'll be on the video cast. Ugh, nobody wants to see that. Well, they wouldn't see, for me. Oh, yeah, and now it's they'd sad. need a telescope to see it. Thank you. Thank you. Obviously, Thank right? Thank you for clarifying my joke. I think yeah, it was, I it goes inside. No, no, I had to clarify it. Anyway, good lord. This is why Dude, imagine if you're somebody hours. who's like, you know what? I'm going to try this podcast out. I've never heard of it. Ah, whatever. Well, you remember Brianna Buckmaster tuned in and she was like, I heard about anal bleaching and I was in. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. That is awesome. That is That's awesome. the kind of high quality content we provide here at Supernatural And Crossroads. guys, just, just imagine the premium shows from Patreon are even better. <laughs> yeah. You get to see Mike and Ryan dance. Oh. And I'm not even and, lying and about that. And hang myself, basically. Okay. Auto-erotica asphyxiation <laughs> is basically what I did last show. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> These are some of the things that we do during Helatus. But not, okay, but seriously, back oh on the topic. My, yeah, good one. back on the topic. I am okay. So I'm I'm 31. I, I grew up watching Scooby Doo. Okay, like Scooby Doo was one of the, my favorite things growing up. And to, the fact of the matter is that supernatural, and not just being you know them showing up on like a Scooby Doo episode. The fact that this is a supernatural episode that Scooby Doo it's going to be animated. Makes me, I am so excited for this episode. I swear to God, if they don't run into multiple doors back and forth with some kind of ghost chasing them, I will, I will rage quit. Yeah. Like that has to happen. <laughs> like it's I, I am gonna so be psyched for it, this. It, it, they're not going to do something. I mean, okay, hold on. Dog Dean Afternoon was a gimmick yeah. and that was kind of shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It, but that was also a kind of a standard run of the mill episode, Monster of the Week. This is a specialty episode, much like Baby, much like the, the 200th episode, yeah. much like Changing Channels, much like French Mistake. Right. It's, it, it falls into that category. And when you look at those as a whole, those have always been fucking good. Every it's single true. time, those types of out-of-the-box gimmick episodes have worked. Yep. This is the kind where Richard Spate, as the director... He needs to direct ...would this. be phenomenal. Yes. That'd be so cool. That would be so cool. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is what I'm really interested in is how is the episode, A, uh, animated... And B, how do they get into, like, I want to know how that happens. This seems like something the trickster would do. Yeah. Like, throw them in an episode of Supernatural, right. or uh, Scooby-Doo. So I really want to know how this happens, because if it if it means something to the main story arc, and it's like, hey, Yeah, that'd be, boom, that'd be even better. That would make it even better. Because right. Baby, which was a very good episode, was yes. de- directly tied into the myth arc of season right. 11, right? Yes. Correct? Yeah. Um, changing uh, Channels was directly related to the myth arc of the season well, french mistake season five. was too french mistake was slightly yep. it was not slightly. as much as the other two yeah. but it but was still. still relevant that's where the weapons of heaven came to an end yeah so i think in order for this to work it does need to have relevance to the myth arc of the season absolutely so i mean there were some great ideas online and 
I mean, because I mean, the internet was just ablaze with positivity on this Scooby Doo episode, and some people shot some ideas about around about uh, possibly Trickster uh, being involved. Don't bring him back necessarily as a as a character that's alive, but maybe a recording of some type, something with his power or his essence that was left, and that somehow connects them and turns them into this animation world. It has to be something like that for it to work. It I could agree. work. I mean, we've known that. I mean, Gabriel lived on Earth for how long? There's nothing that says he couldn't have had some kind of secret bunker. Right. Or as they're looking for some new weapon against the Nephilim or some other research. There's, and with the fact that there's multiple dimensions that they have traversed now, there's even that possibility. Or traveled. <laughs> or traveled, yes. They trepidatiously traveled. Uh, trepidatiously stop traversed. Using that word. God. <laughs> I'm going to have to keep Google open so I can you know, remember I, what it I means. Think when I listen to my Weird West shows, I think I'm a douche with the things I say. But then I listen to Thomas on this show. And you're like, Fuck. I'm like, yeah, he takes the cake. I don't try <laughs> to do it. That's the sad thing. you for smart. Yeah. Can you calm down you with, with your, your words and your reading? <laughs> uh, That's not a porno, man. I just had to Google trepidation so I knew what it was. <laughs> Jesus. Can you just say, hey, I have a fear of this happening. It says trepidation. I was hesitant. There you go. And there afraid. Go. Much better. That's my Ryan. I don't sound like a hick that from, you know, backwoods. From backwoods? Yes. Is backwoods a city? Yes. I'm actually going to look that up. I bet you it is. Anyway, I, I do think that they can do a great job with this. I would like to see Richard Spate Jr. return as a director. He has deliberately sought out different episodes, different styles to direct. And an animation is a completely different beast than they've done for Supernatural. Yeah. And I think you need someone who cares as much and has shown as great an understanding of not only directing, but of the fandom and the yep. show in order to really give this one the respect, the, yeah. the talent it deserves. Yep. It deserves, yeah, it definitely deserves the, the, the old school Scooby-Doo feel mixed with Supernatural. And it's yeah. got to be done correctly. Like I said, there's got to be, there's certain shots that happen in Scooby-Doo that need to, to happen. And, and, I think with this, um, I think what it would be great about it is if, if you know, the, the, the Scooby-Doo gang actually come in contact with a real ghost for the first, like, an absolute. Oh, a real one? And, they, and yeah. Sam and Dean show up. And that Just would, shoot it in the face. Yeah, like, that would be so <laughs> funny. Like, dude, that would be and they, amazing. And they all have to be high the yeah, whole oh, time. Oh, yeah, Scooby and or Shaggy at least have at the to be end, high No, as at the end, Sam and Dean have to they light take up some doobie. of those dog biscuits. What, what, what uh, is the thing? Scooby, Scooby snacks. snacks. Scooby come snacks. on, bro. Yeah, Scooby yeah. snacks. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so amazing. <laughs> Rut roll, Raggy. Yeah. We'll see what they do. He's uh, got to bang Velma. Is that her name? Oh, he's got to do Daphne. 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 Both. Or Let's both of them. Just and the Fred. Throw them in there. Uh, what? Whoa, <laughs> dude. What are you, Ryan? Right My baby Castiel. My. It's just going to be a whole Fred. big fuck fest, right? He's, he's dad, dude. <laughs> oh. Sad. God, just a. It, ugh. Anyway. But Daphne, for sure, though. I think they'll be able to do a good job with this. I am hopeful. And. I don't know. It's something different. And again, this just to me proves that Supernatural can do is not afraid to take risks, but also is confident enough in their ability to do something like this yeah. without it feeling 100 percent like a gimmick. But either, other shows do the musical or the, the clip show it's, it's and exactly it comes across thinking. as this schlocky. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's fill an hour. Yeah. Who does a Scooby Doo episode? You're exactly right. Most people do the the go to, you know, pandering. I remember from season five when you binge watched this two days yeah. ago or the pandering <laughs> musical because that's the yeah. new thing to do. I mean, even Supernatural did their musical right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think they can do the animated show right. And I, I'm looking forward to it. But guys, sadly, we are moving into hiatus now, Ugh. but we will not be leaving you entirely alone. 
before with Helatus, we've we've done an episode here or there and and kind of come up with it as we go. We've had a few ideas going into the summer, but then, you know, life happens. But with this year, we've got a whole list of stuff that we've already planned out, which you can actually find over at RainmanDigitalMedia.com, including talking about Season 6. The very first episode we're talking about is our year-end review of Season 12 as a whole. Yeah, I got a promo here. Oh. Yeah, here we go. Ooh, play it. The latest is a bitch. Bitch. The Supernatural The Crossroads summer-long broadcast to hell with Helatus special. What are you calling a bitch for? The hosts, Forgettable Blue Fire Thomas, Purdy Ryan, and Mexican Flores will keep your supernatural needs in check with their Helatus is a bitch discussions. It all starts June 5th (laughs) with the Season 12 year-end review. Followed by oh, the Dean Winchester Bitch Game, SPN Trivial Pursuit with guests, Mystery Spot 3000, Richard Spate Jr.'s Trilogy, and Everyone Loves Beaver, the Bobby Singer Tribute Show. You're supposed to take care of But that's not all. For you Patreon subscribers, The Crossroads continues their retrospective review of Season 1, plus a slew of bonus shows totaling nine additional broadcasts, all between now and July. So sign up for Patreon today. Bitch. To hell with the latest 2017. Check. The latest is a bitch. <laughs> oh my god, that I, was amazing. I should be mad, but I'm more proud of Mike right now. <laughs> I'm just proud that you finally have a nickname. <laughs> what? Like a good nickname. I just he forgot it. it already. What was it? <laughs> well, you're, you're Mexican Mike. That totally makes sense. Which what is was like, yours? I, t- I couldn't it's catch Pervy it. Ryan. Pervy Ryan. Pervy. <laughs> I'm cool with it. I mean, I thought single guy Ryan would have made it, but I guess not. I think everyone knows why you're single guy Ryan. <laughs> Has turned into Pervy oh, Ryan. Oh wow, <laughs> that's funny. Should have been swipe right, Ryan. I'm, oh. I'm okay with that one. Whatever. Reach around, Ryan. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> Rusty Trampone Ryan. <laughs> I'm all. I'm good with these. Keep coming. Keep them coming. Ryan, rim care. job, Ryan. I don't give a shit. Hey, I can't help it. I'm getting laid. Whatever. <laughs> I don't think that was the point of that. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Blue Fire. <laughs> anyway guys we do have a lot of plans for Helatus and and if you are a member of the Patreon you are going to get a whole bunch of additional video casts like we said season one our retrospective the exact same show we're doing but all the way back to Crypt Keys era well, I think we're on episode we just did episode five I think we so, recorded episode five which was Bloody Mary right and that should be out in I don't know four days maybe right and then I think June 5th is when we have our planned year end review season 12 what worked what didn't what did we think of the season as a whole? Where could it have improved? What were its best episodes or its weakest moments? Right. You and know, where it's going. And story. where is it going? Hypothesis for season 13. June 5th. June 5th. June 5th. Was that two Mondays from now? Um, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I can count. Look at me. Wow. Yeah. Look, look at you. <laughs> trepidation. That's very trepidation of you. That's <laughs> <laughs> not even used, right? No, That's it's the whole not. point. I just fake being dumb. I think you really are dumb. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm, I'm an idiot. Thank you. I know he can read, degree and everything. We already, anyway. know, we already know education does not equal intelligence. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we are going to be doing a lot over the summer. And if you guys are a member of Patreon, you're going to get a lot more. But if you are interested in the video cast, if you are interested in listening to us blabber on about all the way back to season one, our season six plot elements and discussion as what could have been done and what additional things they left hanging by the wayside as well as just stuff like the Trivial Pursuit game and, and funny shit and all the ba- behind-the-scenes elements and additional shows, head over to patreon.com slash Digital. 
You can check out all the tiers, you guys. Anything you guys donate will help us and give you access to additional behind-the-scenes footage, additional episodes, additional shows, getting the opportunity to talk to us. If you are that interested in Ryan and his pervy ways, you can have your own one-on-one conversation with him. I mean, we even got new cameras, so crotch cams could happen here very soon. (laughs) I think with how much we talk about it, eventually we're going to need to have crotch cams. Yeah, I, I think like, it's a fifty like dollars tier. A, just attach it to my shoe, and like I can just move my shoe around. <laughs> I, I don't think I can get upskirt yourself. I yeah. don't think I can get a proper f stop or exposure uh, in that area. It's too dark down there. Well, yeah, I mean it's very dark. You're not going to see any. Lots of green. Yeah, we don't oh, grainy God. digital is not good. A digital image. It's not good. Can we just make it look like snow, like when you're trying to watch porn? Ah, right. (laughs) Swiggly lights? Anyway. We'll bring back the swiggly lights. Hell yeah. If you guys are interested in that horrific image or any of the other stuff we've talked about, again, head over to patreon.com slash Digital. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into our very, very long discussion about who we are, and then ultimately all along the Watchtower in just a little bit. I was out last night. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Say that name again. Mar. Bill Maher? Mayor? Mar. 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 Whatever. <laughs> the guy's an asshole anyway. Uh, you don't even know him. You know what? You can't even I pronounce. used to. You cannot even pronounce his name. Therefore, you cannot talk shit. That's all I got to say. Bill Maher cracked a... 117%. Just keep going, keep going. Cracked a crass incest joke. My hair cooed. It's <laughs> Mar. Mar, thank you, thank you. Now I know how to say it so I don't fuck it up again. He's been it's, correcting it's basically, you. It's, it's phonetics, dude. Sounded out. Maher is not it. Mar. Mar cooed making... No, 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 no. Mar. 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 There you go. Let's Mar. emphasize. How does it start? M. Okay. <laughs> M. We should just move on. A. We should. How do you spell it, Andrew? How do you spell it? M A H E R. Okay. Now slowly. Mar. Say his last name one more time for me. Careful. Maher. Maher. Not. Oh my. I don't know. You're telling me I'm wrong, and then you're not telling me how to fucking fix it. For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. The latest is a bitch. bitch. The Supernatural The Crossroads Summer Long Broadcast to Hell with Helatus Special. What are you calling a bitch for? The hosts, Forgettable Blue Fire Thomas, Kirby Ryan, bitch. and Mexican Flores <laughs> will keep your supernatural needs in check Check. with their Helatus is a bitch discussions. Bitch. It all starts June 5th Check. with the Season 12 Year in Review, followed by the Dean Winchester Bitch Game, bitch. SPN Trivial Pursuit with guests, Mystery Spot 3000, Richard Spate Jr. Trilogy and Everyone Loves Beaver, Bitch. the Bobby Singer Tribute Show. You're supposed to say jerk. But that's not all. For you Patreon subscribers, The Crossroads continues their retrospective review of Season 1, plus a slew of bonus shows totaling nine additional broadcasts, all between now and July. So sign up for Patreon today. Bitch. To hell with Helatus 2017. Check. Helatus is a It's Weird West Sunday. Horror films were were kind of shitty. There was no more thought to it. You didn't really care who died and who lived because the killing instantly started. 
uh, and there was no development of the characters, and you're like, oh, it's just a gore fest, and you don't really care who lives or dies. Yeah. I'm here. I'm going to strap in for the next 90 minutes. I'm just going to watch random people die that I know nothing about. And that's what Tarantino and Rodriguez was, was trying to do differently. Uh, they took inspirations from uh, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> Catch up on your favorite Weird West discussions from Mike and Clint every Sunday on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. They finally like what hook if, up. What if Dean says, hey, three hey, of let's us. Three, let's let's all right, Eiffel Tower, all right, baby. Before we get into some there's three of stuff. us, But don't look at me, Sam, because that there's, would be, that'd be incest, bro. There's three of us and you have three holes. As long as you keep oh, your... Jesus, God. Three of us? Three, three of us. us. Ryan's it. inserted himself in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> that was a villain laugh. That's meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's meta as fuck. Here, we left one hole open for you guys. Leaving the aside your, your wincest nature... Seriously though, you realize that when it's we get like really POV porn, you realize when we get Jesus really, God, when we get really perverse, you can't tell Riot or or my laugh apart. No. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are sick. <laughs> we both get the pervert bad guy laugh. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of tough, and this is where I see some fans having gripes with Mary because I don't see John in the same situation. Now, no, yes, he not. he Wait, did. Hold, hold on, you'll see John being brainwashed. Not exactly. You think he has like manpower to resist that? But in season one, I'm a he man. Gets that it's, whole bit. But I'm John Winchester. Chemicals don't mean shit to me. <laughs> I've done so many drugs. I, I don't need to worry about chemicals, man. You it's, see all these dots in my arm, it, man. He's a heroin addict. Yeah, I was, yeah, I'm just making shit up. MK Ultra, CIA don't have shit on me. <laughs> Wasn't he in the army? Philadelphia experiment, motherfuckers. I'm the original test Philadelphia subject. experiment. Not 11. I was in the towers. <laughs> I survived. Survived. Why? What? It was an inside job. Oh, God. <laughs> John we, we landed on the moon. Anything. We landed on the moon. John Winchester. Oh, I didn't need a shuttle. I was on the moon. <laughs> I just jumped. James Cameron showed me on the moon. What were you going to say, Ryan? Thomas and his love affair with John, dude. You know what? John is stronger than chemicals. (laughs) When the fuck? He would never fail. (laughs) When the fuck have I been in love with John? What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Supernatural The Crossroads. Mike, I got to say, I should be more mad that all the promos are, hey, here's how Thomas looks like an idiot when we, me and Ryan go off the and make is, stupid dude, jokes. The thing is, dude, like, look. But it, the thing is, it's a great representation of the show. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is, is Thomas that... Thomas is wrestling two morons the entire <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, dude, how many how many drops and, and promos have I had? It's like, it's time for you to catch up, Thomas. It's I time know, for you right? to show just how dumb you really are. Oh. See, the problem is, Ryan, we'll never be able to do that to Mike because he's got the access to the booth. Oh, come on. I made myself I could look. Bo- <laughs> I could get Bobby in here and, and Ooh, have things that's happen. True. I make myself look dumber than everybody on this <laughs> that's network. so not true. And not on this lo- show. You gotta listen to Rain Man for Yeah, that. believe me. Very embarrassing. <laughs> you have your own show for that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, guys, now we're talking about episode 22, Who We Are. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis, please? Yes, I can. This one was directed by John F. Showalter, written by Robert Barons, which is, that's perfect sense. Uh, with the British Men of Letters continuing their attack on American hunters, Sam leads a group of hunters in a last stand against the Brits. Meanwhile, Dean attempts to reach Mary and break her brainwashing with the aid of Lady. Now, this one was, it, it was a separate episode in a lot of ways, but it did really feel like just part one 
for we've talked before about why Supernatural hasn't done more of the part one, part two to be continued element. That's the thing is this one didn't need that, but it still felt like it. Because as we said earlier, the first half, this episode, ended all of the elements of the British Metal Letters. Right. At least for the time being within America. This little group, this the sect of them that is hanging out in what what are those called? Uh Connex boxes? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the hell. They're little Legoland I'm, base that just clips housing? together. It's it's a Section eight box. housing. Yes. <laughs> the middle letters edition. Exactly. Now, this one was very violent, but also very touching at the same time. And I saw a lot of reaction online about how this is the episode that everybody kind of got what they love out of Supernatural right. from this one. It it did really feel almost like its own season finale, as Mike said, leading into... It, see, that leaves the final episode as this weird in-between half finale, half season premiere. Yeah, and I think that was smart, Thomas, honestly, because if you think about it, okay... A lot of times Supernatural suffers, not just Supernatural, TV shows. They suffer because a lot of times the second to last episode is the true finale. And then the final episode is usually the setup. The setup. Yeah. And in order to keep fans happy, I think this was a smart move because you gave them a strong finale with a, an entire episode dedicated to setting up. I felt like it was a smart move to go that route. Well, I, I agree 100%. because if these if the season finale was just episode 23, yes, it was good, but it was more again looking at it, it's just moving parts being put into place. Yeah, except for the last like 15 minutes. I, I see. I, I like I like the way they did this. I thought it mm-hmm. for me, it felt like two. we got two finales this season and it and I'm I'm cool with that. I'm glad that they they they. Finished all the British Middle Letter stuff with this episode. Well, not all of it. Well, mo- most of it. You know yeah, what I mean. The story. You yeah. know, yeah, the story. The story arc that we've gotten, and and I know, you know, we talked about it a lot in the beginning of the season. Like, you know, oh my God, where are we going with all these things, and what's going on? And the fact of the matter is, is that now, you know, they they ended it or you know, got it uh, closed up in a in a sense. Um, and now, you know, they did this double, I almost felt like a double finale, not like, like we said, like a to be continued, but a double finale where it, it, it ended yeah. everything and felt complete to me. And that's what I really liked about this episode. Um, that it, again, like you said, Thomas, it set up the, the last episode, but it also gave us closure for certain things that we were, we were worried about. Well, I liked it the most because it's, it made it so that you had enough screen time to make everything feel worthwhile. If you tried to have a finale where you wrapped up the British Men of Letters, took care of the issues Mary was going through, dealt with the Nephilim and Lucifer and Crowley, it would be this this shit show, frankly. So the fact it was a smart move in my eyes to split it down the middle with one episode is the family, personal, human story that the British Men of Letters have brought to the table and the other episode being the supernatural element setting up for the the end and the coup de grace in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's very weird because the it season, is very different it, though for them. It is, and I'm okay with it. It just took me a while to under like to kind of fully digest all of it. I mean, because with the final episode, episode 23, it, it, it took everything. It was like a revolving myth arc. It was like, hey, we're going to start this idea here in episode one of season 12, and we're going to let this simmer uh, until the very end and then carry it over. It was that's essentially what they did. It was just a carryover arc mm-hmm. that would continue into the season, season 13. Yeah. And that's the this is where it kind of came back to structure, because the previous seasons have had. Brett is introduced in the beginning of the season. 
threat is resolved or escalates by the end of the season. And this is the first time where it's like there was a different threat at the beginning of the season that ended at a different point with a new threat partway through that continued on past this. So it was different. And it Supernatural's last two seasons have been a little odd with how they've done their finales. A lot of people complained about season 11 where there was all this this hype and all this apocalyptic world-ending stuff that was going to result in I was good characters dying. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, for me at least, and I said this then and I'll say it again now, I felt like the season finale really started with episode 20, Don't Call Me Shirley, mm-hmm. and was four parts to a one really long yeah, epic. I agree. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, this is kind of the same thing, but they it was more clear cut as to which half you were dealing with. And I, I, I thought ultimately it worked. You had the violent, brutal element of Dean and the Hunters. <laughs> Literally, all I could hear for a solid 30 seconds, which made me laugh despite how like serious it was supposed to be, was as they were rolling into the British Metal Arts compound, all I heard in my head was, America, fuck yeah. America, <laughs> fuck yeah. I did. Lick my butt and suck on my balls. That's basically what I heard, too. Did they go in, guns blazing, kick down the door, and smatter, or splatter the smatter. wall. Splatter the wall with all kinds of brain matter. And they repaint every wall, you know, with gunmetal gray and blood red. And they didn't even give a fuck. There was no hesitation. There was no... no <laughs> there was no trepidatiousness. El- <laughs> they didn't... They were not trepidatious at all. So, okay, so I... In I, fact, I, they were hasty. Okay, I'm gonna... <laughs> this is gonna sound bad. Because enough. I'm gonna sound like Thomas here. I'm gonna get nitpicky. Oh, come on. I'm gonna blue flame this. That's my so, job. So, I'm, I'm a big fan of, obviously, firearms. And I guess gunplay would be the right word for that. For That's that sexual? Scene. No, not sexual at all. Well, I do get a boner and shooting guns, but that's a different story. Um, one of the things that I had a, a really, it was, it almost took me out of it. It, it. I had to kind of focus on what was going on and, and how badass they were. But I noticed that when they shoot the guns, there is almost no recoil and they're having to do it with them, their own hands. They've and got I, very strong wrists. And I noticed that the slides on the, on the, the pistols don't reciprocate. Well, and that, it, bugs, that's, it bugs me. That's something you're going to see a lot, and not I you're know. going. You do see a lot of that in, yeah. in a lot it of happens. films, a lot of TV nowadays. They, they The whole safety first thing has kind of taken Hollywood by storm to where they're not using blanks anymore. They're not using real firearms, and they have to pretend shoot. And you're going to, I mean, but again. the thing is, dude. Like, I, that, doesn't, I, that doesn't bother me. No, it, it doesn't bother me either, but there's also airsoft guns that reciprocate like that. Like, you could be as safe as possible. But it's still, still a project. It coming out no you don't have to have a projectile in it for it to do that that's the, that's the fact that i'm trying to make but when you're on set and you're shooting a gun that actually releases any type of mechanism where meaning a trigger that is considered a safety risk i mean when you're on set for example I'll, I'll, my, my my key grip and my stunt coordinator for my stuff won't even let me point a gun a fake gun I was gonna say it was that a fake triggers one, right? at someone's head they will not do it. They say, hey, not in this set. I'm like, well, they do it on other movies. Not in this set. If you want me to work, we're not. If you want me to work here, we're not putting. You will not point a gun, any type of gun, at someone's head if it has a trigger mechanism. I'm like, there's nothing in it. It's, in, it's not capable of firing. Guess what? You're not going to fire it. I'm like, okay. I know, because it's not capable. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. A lot, a lot of times these guys are very. Yeah. There's a new way of thought, unfortunately, on TV and movies where. I mean, you have people like 
uh, Michael Mann, who doesn't give a shit. They're going to fire real guns and real bullets. <laughs> but then you have a lot of directors who are they're they're weak in terms of their control of the set. Right. They're new. They don't have control, and they have to listen to the studio and the insurance waivers that people sign. And they just unfortunately, it's it's a sign of the times. There's a lot of TV and movies and that I are get, that are taking that, and it sucks. I agree, it sucks. I get that. Like I I totally understand. I mean, I, I'm 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 being obviously I said that's why I preface with I'm being nitpicky, but I think just. One of the things that I really enjoy is that when I'm watching something like that, and and and, and I have in my head canon, I know Sam and Dean are can shoot. Like that's the whole point. Like we've seen them do it multiple times in slow motion. Yeah, even in slow. But the fact that like sometimes it takes me out of it when I see something like that, and it's like, man, that's a that's not how you'd hold a gun, or b that's not how you would shoot tactically, like they were supposed to be doing. And and again, it it didn't ruin it by any means for me. Again, I'm blue flaming this entire thing, but. Sometimes it's just like, uh, okay. I can understand I, it because there is the element to me was not so much the gun kick or anything like that, but I'm like, it's a lot of trained killers for the British Men of Letters that right. like, don't know how cover works or the basic exactly. concepts of, you know, and, and blanking. I, again, I mean, that's that was really just the only, literally the only thing that I, in this episode that I was just like, eh. but other than that, I mean, uh, to watch Sam and Dean or, or, or Sam lead the the, the crew there and, and, for the most part, kick massive ass was awesome. It was cool to see. I, I think ultimately the the I think what really made this episode the the it was the focus and what made this episode was that we took the personal story that has been on simmer mode pretty much the entire season. They started off with the first episode with the return of Mary Winchester and the instant resentment. I think is what we can define it as now. <clears throat> that yeah. Dean had for a long time. I think a lot of the fans was kind of struggling with what feelings he was actually having the towards his mother. She left in Foundry. I mean, it, it, right? It start. I think that's when we started questioning. Okay, what emotions is Dean actually feeling? Here? Is he hurt? Is he acting like a baby? What is it? And I think it all came down in this episode. It was spelled out for us. I mean, and whether or not that the the fact that. He's struggling with obvious abandonment, as we saw in this episode, and that he blames his mother for the for the shit that they are in. Yeah. Uh, and the things that have happened to their father and how he became a shell of a man. And Sam Which and, is really and, interesting. And, and, and Dean having to be the, the, the mother, the father, the older brother. All these things came to a head. And I think that was the heart of this episode, that we actually see this conversation between Dean and Mary because we have been questioning Dean's true emotions. We have been questioning Mary's emotions. Um, and because these two are very similar. And what do these two do that are very much alike? They don't really express themselves. They put, their, they put themselves in work mode and try to put their head in the sand and not really deal with it. So the way this episode tackled that and we got that issue. And again, whether or not Mary's guilty of truly abandoning the chill, abandoning Dean and Sam isn't the point. In, it's how he in feels. Dean's perspective, that is what happened. He lived his life. He witnessed firsthand Mary making a deal in yeah. the past when he was thrown into the past by Castile, I believe. Yeah. He witnessed firsthand his mother making a deal. So his perspective changes to Hey, you chose your father over Sam. Well, and, he did and to that save, really, and I, we to I, save John as well, right, though. Right, yeah. and and that's right. Yeah, and and that's all fine and good. And her and her cause 
her motive was noble. She's not in the wrong, but Dean again, did it himself, as he said, exactly. There's just multiple perspectives, and you can't change the way a son feels about his mother and father. What I loved about that episode, that that scene in particular, though, was because for so long we felt that it was this resentment towards John Winchester a lot. You know, he he is the good son who does what dad says, but there also is always this hint of. He wasn't a dad for them. He, they they had to do all kinds of terrible stuff. He was the one who raised Sam, as we know, and that's been well established. But we always had Mary on, like we said, way back at the end of season 11, when she was revealed to come back on this pedestal. Right. She yep. was untouchable. She was the one who died early and what could have been. She was the great parent. Well, as John was, you know, the borderline abusive not really, but like, you know, abandoned them a lot to do work, always risking his life and things like that. And Dean didn't have any of that. But now we see now that she became a real person again, a, a real tangible thing. Right. And when she left, he it does really reopen that wound and all this oh, yeah. hate that he had, had built up over the years comes pouring out in this episode. And I do like how they did that because we have been asking how do they feel about it? Why is Mary doing these certain things? What is this relationship going to be like? Is there a chance for them to start again? Right. And, and you know, justifying decisions that both of them have made. And it all comes right at this moment. It really does. And I know Ryan and I were kind of talking about this off air before you came to the studio a few weeks ago. And we talked about Dean kind of under, trying to understand where he's coming from in terms of, in terms of his emotion because he's... What was your word? He was he's acting kind of bitchy this season. Yeah. And, you know, this all comes back to that. And now we truly know we understand what, why we understand what he's dealing with. He's dealing with this unspoken resentment towards a mother. And that's the worst type of resentment. Mm-hmm. And I've and I'm and the reason why I can I can relate to this from a personal standpoint, not dealing with my parents, but in other situations where you have a resentment towards someone and it's not really valid. From their perspective, and maybe from an outsider, it's not. But from or even your, from your own, at some right, point, part but, of you doesn't want to be like that, right? But then from your perspective, you're like, you know what? But it's still, it, that hurts what you, you what you did, even though you couldn't control it. It was out of your hands, and that ultimately is what I loved. What Dab and Barons both did with Dean, this yeah. episode and this season, is keeping him true to his character. He's a he's a character. Him and Sam both, particularly Dean. They have. He has been a character that has struggled with abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. They're always finding surrogate parents. Bobby was the first one. Kim Rhodes is the next one. There's been others that they kind of gravitate to, um, and it just makes so much sense. And when you look at it as a whole, this this issue of abandonment from way back in season one, and how they made it feel so complete by the end of this episode. There was a, a certain amount of resolve that we had in terms of Dean's character that we've never had yeah. ever in Supernatural. The thing is that one of the things that I really enjoyed about this is that we've seen Dean over the years struggle with emotions and and purveying what he feels. And I think this this scene that we see him in literally opening up like for the first time in a long time, like truly opening up. We've seen him yeah. give stuff with Sam and here and there but this is truly everything that he feels and i think to see that happen dude like no joke guys I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna front i was literally like, like I, I was sensitive dude yeah. I, was, I was like holy shit man like because i've had 
personally, you know, like same thing, like, like you said, Mike, I've had feelings like that where I have a hard time saying what I, you know, how I feel and watching that entire scene, dude, I was just like, holy shit, dude, this relates to me so much that it, it almost like, it almost hurt how fucking much it related. Yeah. And it was, it was really one of the best scenes I've ever seen in Supernatural. And, and I'm saying that I'm not, you know, I'm not lying. Like, dude, I legit, that was one of the best scenes I've ever seen with Dean. And that's the genius behind the writing of Barons for this episode. And even Dab's idea, mm-hmm. you know, being the showrunner, the fact that they can make such a, a dynamic, intimate situation and, and make it relatable across the board with the audience, that's a success. That's a win. That's what every mm-hmm. showrunner and writer should aim to do. Make their characters relatable at a very fundamental level. It doesn't need to be a mother and son or a father and son. It's just a situation that we can relate to because that's going to invoke feelings and emotions. Well, because that also doesn't have to be... You can be anybody then. That's yeah. the, one of the greatest things about writing a strong character. That's, it doesn't matter whether they're guy, girl, mother, father, son, daughter, gay, straight, purple, pink... If you Roommate. can relate to their situation, Thomas. blue fire, boo, blue fire, boo fire, boo fire, boo fire. Is that if like you can it, relate? Boo. Is, that, <laughs> is that like a boo from uh, Super Mario? It shows Mario? up really boo. quickly. Ah. Exactly. If you turn around, it follows you. If you can, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can relate to their situation, though, that is what matters because you can put yourself in there and experience these emotions, that catharsis, in the same way they do. Yeah. And that's why we love these characters, you know, and, yeah. and you're right, Ryan, that whole scene was incredibly tough to watch, not just because of what was said and how it was said. And if anybody who's ever had an even argument with their parents yeah. about anything, you can relate to that. But also, I love the little touches like, the, you know, the sandwich and the crust cut off and the pie and, and that whole bit, which I remember that kitchen from season five, yeah. you know, and, and the... Kudos to pro- production design. It went Absolutely. back to that one where they were in heaven and looked at each where the kitchen was, where the stove was, all yeah. that stuff. It looked great. Yeah, and it and and also kudos to Mary for staying in shape, looking young still. Yeah. <laughs> she looked good at that moo moo. Moo moo, looking good at nineteen, as good as you looked at thirty nine. Oh, Damn mm. girl, you guys are terrible. Bend you over that sink. Oh, all stop! right, <laughs> good lord. <laughs> Yeah. Having a touching moment here, not that kind of touching. Garbage disposal. Mm. This. <laughs> oh, come, comester. This. Oh. Why? Why go that far? See, Why not? See, mine is left open <laughs> to interpretation, yeah. and his is like there was common ball. <laughs> yeah. I ain't even mad about it. You fucking dickhead. Whatever. Anyway. Oh my god. Hashtag single guy Ryan. Uh, Hashtag pervert, right? He's trying to bring that name back because he doesn't like he the doesn't pervy like Ryan. I don't care. I'll, <laughs> hashtag pervy Ryan. I don't give a shit. Pervs do it better. In prison. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Blue Flame. Yeah, All right. no, Blue that's flame. not going to take me to prison. Boo Flame. Boo Flame. Anyway, that scene was great, not just because of how it was written. Kudos to Robert Barons, but the direction, the way, as he's done before, the cutting between the different elements of the emotionally intense scene between Dean and Mary and the actually intense fucking violent scene with Sam Jody and the British men of letters. Mm-hmm. He's very good at cutting back and forth. Loved that. But that scene does rip your heart out. And it reminds me of, you know, way just, it brought all those memories. Anytime Mary's ever been seen in the show well, came flooding back. Jen in the chat room yeah. had, a, had a great point. It, it, 
them standing there with baby Sam and Dean describing all the horrible things that had happened to him yeah. because of her decision. Like, dude, I'm just sitting, I'm like, oh, yeah. this is like ripping my heart out right now. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, the, the entire usage that Barons utilize as a kind of like a writing prop, the, the being getting inside of Mary's brain was a great move because, again, you're dealing with two characters that eh, don't like to communicate. They run yeah. from their problems. They kind of they put themselves in their work and they don't like to talk about their feelings and to make it make sense. And for Dean to actually witness what Mary's doing, that she's purposely trying to avoid this, this conversation, this conversation yep. that she's choosing. And again, that's something Dean has done. He's, Would have cho- done years he's ago. choosing or she was choosing to be locked away. Mm-hmm. So that she doesn't have to deal with easier. all of the guilt and the horrible things that she has to right. confront. Which right. I love that, too, because in a lot of ways, that's exactly how her and Dean are alike. Yeah. You know, I don't think was- Sam in that situation would have gotten through to her the same way. Just like how Sam and John had this different relationship compared to John and Dean. Yeah. It, it was something about their personalities and the fact that she wants to hide away also, to me, helped make her character stronger because we we talked about it before. A lot of people were mad about the decisions she had made, which we could understand. But when you see her in that moment wanting to escape back to that reality, that heaven surrogate that she had. Right. It's not real. It's not the greatest, but it's better than what's out there. It's better than facing the truth that you murdered your friends and previous coworkers better than yep. you hurt your kids. And that's why Dean being the one to show up makes it all the more powerful because you're right. That's something that he in seasons one, two, even up till like 10 almost wouldn't have done. Right. Only only with recent events has he said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's we're going to talk about this no matter how uncomfortable this makes both of us. Which is which is like it's it's awesome character progression to see Dean go that to that point. It's like Mike said, it's something we haven't seen from his character in 12 years. Yeah, it's a full resolve of his issues in so many ways. Yeah. It's something that could not have even been delved into or resolved if you ended the show with Kripke's era in season five. And that's what makes this episode so fucking good is that there was a sense of resolve with Dean that we've never truly had. And honestly, it goes to show you how Barons truly understands the core of Dean Winchester. And again, giving props to Dab, he's the he's the show master, he's the showrunner, the man that, that runs everything. But the fact that Barons tackled this episode and he did it in the right manner and used the right circumstances to make this work for the audiences, people who've been watching 12 years of Dean Winchester, maybe even people who have been binge-watched, you know, 10 11 plus seasons who where everything's really fresh in their mind i guarantee you those people where everything's really fresh in their mind this makes sense this scene makes sense for dean winchester barons understands dean winchester through and through exactly and not just with dean and mary in that bit but with dean and sam you know we've seen him always be there to baby him to take care of him to be like he said dad brother mother all of it for sam his entire growing up that, that foundation was, that, that line dude amazing. that line that that hit yeah. me man because i've lived that life and it just it just yeah. it just it hit man and it, it uh, did yeah. create the tears it was hard yeah but the fact that he looks to sam in this episode 
and doesn't get in his way was huge. Dean has always been, no, we're doing it my way. Even season 11 when Dean and Sam were talking in the car about the vision he had in Baby and it could be this, it could be that, maybe it's loose for tricking us, all that stuff. He always would put his way or the highway or his rules first, and Sam was usually kind of the follower, but at this time... Or they argued about it. Or they fought about yeah. it. Or, But in this season earlier, he conceded to do things Sam's way. Let's work with the Brits. Yeah. You're right. He gave up a lot of that I'm the one in charge mantle, and in this episode, he really sets the bar high because he trusts Sam's judgment now. And that really is a big deal. That really, that's monumental. It, it really is. And that's uh, Ryan said it. It's it's the character progression of Dean Winchester. And that's something that a lot of shows don't do with their characters. You yeah. know, it, you know, truly allow these characters to evolve, to learn from their past experiences. And that's the beauty of being 12 seasons deep. You know, you, we've witnessed these characters go through so many things. And if they're going through the same, you know, issues seasons one through seven even maybe even seasons one through eight going through the same things yes people don't change but people do evolve and they learn from their mistakes Mm -hmm. and this is true character development to see a character who's used to kind of not being a like an overlord of sam but not really trusting sam to make the the older brother the parent yeah and i'll see him take a backseat to dean's leader or to sam's leadership it it just said so much to the progression of of both their characters. It felt it felt so different at first, but then because at first I'm like, no, this isn't how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be the two of them go yeah. off and fight. But yeah, at the I, same I, time, I, <laughs> I, I got mad about it for a half second. I, I was the same way, Thomas. And then it clicked as to when you see Dean sitting there and staring at Sam and like that that sense. And also of pride. when Mister Catch was like, "Hey, I'm gonna head over to Mary Winchester." I'm like, "All right, that's gonna be one on one battle, yeah. right?" Then I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah. all right, that works." <laughs> You fuck that dude. <laughs> hey, simmer down. But wow. that that was a serious moment. Again, for a show that has always been the story of Sam from Dean's perspective, that really hit home right now yeah. because it was Sam doing these events. The, the, he was the one making these decisions and leading these people. And you really did have it from Dean's perspective, watching his brother grow up. And like you said, this is what this is why Supernatural is good because it is so well done. 12 years in and has actual character growth continuing 12 years later yeah. where so many other shows keep their characters in these holding patterns where nothing ever changes. Right. Well, and sometimes show the, the standard, the standard um, season order for TV shows is between three and six. So a lot of people think, oh, six seasons, that's enough. But yeah. a lot of times it's even six seasons. You don't get the uh, the fully the oh, yeah. full development of a character. There's shows and, that have gone all the way back and regressed their characters yeah. by yeah. the end of the show. Well, yeah. The thing is with Sam and this 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 is why this totally made sense to me. Like in this entire portion of Sam taking the leadership, he felt responsible with what was for what what was going on with them. You know, I he says it in his speech. I teamed with them. I, I made the decision to to work with them, and I think overall it was his decision to make to to, to lead everyone. It was, you know, Dean kind of just followed along with that decision initially, and I think now, you know, he's like, okay, well, Sam, you take the lead on this one because you're the one, you feel responsible, and I think that was the biggest thing is seeing Sam step up and say, hey, you know, and and own up to his fault, and I think that was the biggest part about that for me was yeah. that. I'm taking responsibility for what I did, you know, and we don't normally see that, you know, normally it was like, well, they saved the world. You know, they did this thing that was kind of bad, but they saved the world. This was, Hey, 
this is my bad, and I'm going to go ahead and take responsibility, and I'm going to lead you guys in the charge against these assholes. And, and you're right. And with Sam also having massive character progression in terms of his leadership abilities, mm-hmm. I mean, this is something Sam has not changed in terms of he always wants to do the right thing. But he never has taken that step towards leadership and being right. the king, being the being the true king of this group of individuals. And to see him finally, and that, that comment like I didn't even notice it until he made that comment of t- making the hard decisions, being the leader. Right. And I'm like, you're right. You guys have always been solo in the two of them. It's always been Sam and Dean. They've never really worked with others or if they have, it was for a job or two, but really tackling, or it goes horribly. Right. And to see Sam actually say, Hey, I'm going to lead this. I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. I've got, this. I've got the experience. I'm able to do this. That is, a type of confidence that we have not seen Sam have in in 12 seasons. Yeah. We've seen him take responsibility. Yes. When he opened the cage, when he uh, had no soul and he wanted to fix what he's done. Yeah. As we saw in season with, eight with the, with letting the dog, you know, trip closing him up. the gates at closing <laughs> the gates, you know, all these mistakes. He's, he's taken responsibility. He doesn't run from that. But taking it a step up and saying, hey, look, it, I'm not going to just take responsibility. I'm actually going to be the one leading the charge and making sure this shit doesn't happen again. And, you know, when I look back at this season so far with Sam and Dean, we a lot of us were saying that they were on the sidelines in a lot of ways. But I don't know. There's something about it where it feels maybe it was okay needed. Maybe it was needed for this. Yeah. It's weird because there was it was a very, very subtle, slow burn. I think back to the beginning of the season where Sam thinks he's on his own and he holds his own against Lady Bevel and tells her, you know, fuck you. I've been tortured by the devil. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Things like that. You know, him talking to Dean and Cass and them taking responsibility. We did. This wasn't a win. Lucifer still got away and killed a bunch of people Their Decision making process with escaping from the government and that whole bit taking responsibility, taking control when Dean's losing his memories, all these things. It's a lot of these little touches that we don't notice work towards him being a leader in this episode that like, like Mike said, he's, he's done stuff before. He's never shied away from responsibility, but this, it kind of did come to fruition and it's weird because it wasn't obvious. Right. But at the same time as it not being clear as day, doesn't it make sense to who he is? It does. And it makes sense for Dean to finally let him go in that yeah. way because of the decisions that Mary's made and seeing what will be if he just continues to be the same person in and, a lot of ways. And that kind of feeds into why she did the way things the way she did. It 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 really is like there was this plot structure that really waited until the end to kind of bring things together yeah. for it to all make sense. And I mean, I I think that was one of my favorite moments of that episode was when Dean looks up at Sam with that "you've got this" face, and and like anybody who's had, you know, a younger sibling or kids or somebody close to them move on in their own life and leave, you know, even your your best friend goes to another state, gets married, has kids, their their life moves on. You have to say goodbye to them. Yeah, and it is bittersweet, but that. It needs to happen, and that happened here. Yeah, this is a page taken from reality used to tell their story. Exactly. And, and that's why it's so good and so relatable, because 
I mean, I, I can relate firsthand again to this type of situation as well. Sometimes you need your older brother to take a backseat in order for you to spread your wings. Yeah. I mean, it sounds silly, but it's true. I mean, I was uh, from the time I was my br- I have an older brother. And from the time that and he's very like me, meaning he talks a lot. He's very uh, in your face. But this is not how I was until I was 18 when he moved to New York and was gone forever. You know, sometimes right. you need that person who is the more stronger willed because he's the older to kind of say, yeah, you know what? It's your time. And then you can truly become who you are and who you're meant to be. And that's why, again, it just it just it's such a great it's really good writing. And you said something a minute ago about maybe we needed to be window dressing. Maybe Sam and Dean needed to be window dressing. Maybe, you know, we needed to have that. Maybe they wanted us to observe them. And not actually look at things from we their perspective. We were too close to the forest to see the trees before, but now when we take a step back and look at all the things they did at the events that occurred around them, it becomes more obvious at the end with this moment, that little rousing speech as to where their characters have gone. Yeah. It it, just, it makes more sense now. And I'm not saying it was done perfectly, but it, it does work now. Whereas you asked me Absolutely. this halfway through the season, I would have said the completely opposite yeah so, totally i mean god damn right now and that leads us into family with mary i i gotta say i had a cynical like oh i should not be laughing this is terrible when she's all you know brainwashed and she's yeah. tied to the chair and she's like i'll answer it and like completely yeah this com- disconnected from reality she was in a hot. way she was hot when she said that oh gee. <laughs> You and your thing for crazy people, right? Oh, What's yes. up with you and the craziness? I want to see Kim Rose be crazy real soon here. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> no, wow. but I, I did laugh at that. But I it was very painful at that same moment to see the small little interaction between Dean and Jody yeah. while their real mom is sitting right there. And she's like, oh, you, you want to be the real mom to my sons? Go ahead. I don't care. That hurt. Yeah, that was rough. Dude. You know? And again, this is where they take a page from real life because there are some people who are not close or have any relationship to their biological parents. There are these surrogate people who have stepped in, and that's what has been their story for the longest time. John was always a fa- was their father, but except for Dean, even he wasn't the greatest one. Bobby's to me is their true dad. You know, Jody is their true mom, despite you know what DNA says. Yeah. It's hard to watch that a little bit, but it, it was very much bringing this entire theme of family to this episode to the forefront while real mom is just sitting there, psycho stare, you know, American psycho level. Yeah, that was totally But you know psycho. what? This is why having a character like Kim Rhodes is vital. Exactly. Uh, Jody Mills being around. And this is why they should simmer down with killing people. So stupid. <laughs> no, I'm saying, listen, I know we said we wanted people to die, but at the same Not time, everyone. We, need pe- we need people to stay around. Otherwise, dynamics and parallels like we had with Kim and uh, our Jody and Mary Winchester, it doesn't work. Right. If you didn't have Jody Mills around since season four or season five, uh, the scene between her and Dean wouldn't have made sense. It just wouldn't yeah. have worked. No, but because she has been around 
for so long and that she understands Sam and Dean and she accepts them for who they are. I mean, we even saw it in Asia and Asa Fox when she said, Hey, give your boys a chance. They're the, the best men I've ever met in my entire life. That line would mean nothing if this character wasn't around since season five. So I, having yeah. her in, it, it goes to show you why we do need to have certain characters like this, not characters that take up every episode and, you know, the show's about Sam and Dean, but we do need characters where there's some nostalgia built around them yep. in order to create certain emotions. And for the most part, this se- this season had and, and was focused around the whole theme of mothers. We had the Rowena parallels with Mary Winchester, and we have, of course, now Jody Mills parallel with Mary Winchester. And ultimately, it really made for some great scenes specifically in this episode between the two. Well, I think I think the best part about it is is with with Jody Mills, she doesn't have to appear on screen for them to add nostalgia to her. Yeah, it, it, the fact of the matter is, is we she, know her. Yeah, we know her. We've we've been introduced with her. All she has to do is make a call from time to time, or and they see, call her. And, yeah, and normally I would be like, okay, that's kind of a cop out. But with Jody, it makes sense. She's busy. She's got you know, she's a cop. She's running the wayward daughters, whatever the hell you want to the call it. The hot daughters. The hot daughters. The scissor sisters. Oh, the fact God. of the matter is, dude, like, <laughs> the fact of the matter is. is <laughs> well, let's make the fandom a little happy. The wayward hot daughters. Uh, okay, whatever. Okay, yeah. The wayward hot scissor sister daughters. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'll right. go with that. That, that makes everyone happy, we'll right? The, yeah. We'll split the difference. That makes everyone in the fandom happy. Split. But the, right between the middle. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that. Terrible. She, she's been established. We don't need her to show up all the time. And. But at the same time, we know how valuable she is to the to, to yeah. Sam and Dean, and I think yeah. that's what made that scene powerful. Like you said, Mike, she's she, important to them. It, yeah. Well, if, here's if the she thing: she doesn't show up, like you said, it, it, you know, if she shows up past season five, it, that scene doesn't make sense. That yeah. embrace makes no sense. And and I think that's the biggest thing for me is that you know she doesn't need that established baloney to to be to mean something to them. It yeah. all comes down to what feels right. And the fact of the matter is, compared to John and Mary Winchester, imagining the boys eating pizza and having a beer on Bobby's couch and then also on Jody's couch feels like their home. Whereas John and Mary are their parents that they have this responsibility to, but they were never really there. Whereas Bobby raised them and Jody, in the years they've known her, has become this surrogate mother figure that they can go to her house and have a hot meal and a break and she feels right and she's such a strong individual like people always talk about strong characters and strong females she's the very definition of a well-written character yes and because it doesn't have a chip on her shoulder gender she's a well-written character that is the the foundation in a lot of ways for sam and dean when she's in a scene with them when jody mills is in a scene with sam and dean there's a sense of uh, relaxation. They feel they feel at home. You could see it in the way the director works with the actors. Yep. This is home. This is their comfort. This is where they feel comfortable. Yeah. And it's all established through the fact that we have this character around and that she's been such a well-written character. She's also a character that doesn't just show up to mess up things or to create an episode with issues. Right. She's there as, as a competent figure. Right. Like Bobby was. She's, and she's been well-written from day one. Yes. And Go that's ahead. where I want, I honestly, I personally want her to show up more 
not in a this is constantly a problem a ro- mm-hmm. revolving around Claire or Alex or Jody herself, but more of in that Bobby role because I do associate the she two of them of very together. Has become in that. this in the, this season she has been much more of that kind of character. But in previous episodes, she whenever they brought her around, it was because of some other monster of the week element. Whereas Bobby was always the one being like that parent to them. You guys are idiots. Here's this is this will help you out. But I've got my own shit to deal with. Like you, when you're in your 20s and, and even 30s and later for some of us and you still have your parents help you out with shit. Yeah, I would like to see her be that kind of role because that's what I associate her with. And with Bobby gone, it, it does feel like there is that gap still missing for them. And starting with the Aza Fox episode, we saw we, we've known that yeah. Jody Mills has been involved with the hunting circle for quite some time now. But we've kind of seen that she doesn't rely on Sam and Dean anymore for her knowledge of the monster right. business. Like she's become kind of her own figure among hunters. And we saw that in Aza Fox and even Sam and Dean were surprised that how how involved she is with everybody. And then we saw that again in this episode that a simple phone call from her, you know, was the was the beacons were lit and all the hunters came at her call for for assistance. It, it was such it's such a great um, what's the word I'm looking for? Natural progression. It doesn't feel forced. No. And it's this is something that was is something that was mentioned in the chat room. It, it's not that she just jumped into being a hunter. It's not that she she progressed that way. She had one event and that changed everything for her. It yeah. was a progression. She learned along the way. There was episodes where she didn't. She was not even really involved with yeah. the supernatural right. element. I mean, I still remember from season seven. She was the one who figured out that Borax <laughs> yeah. cleaner. Yep. Mr. Clean fucks up the Leviathan. I, I still don't understand that, but I don't, I don't you know, you gotta but, clean up the filth. Yeah. Right? That was what it was. <laughs> Damn. But she just comes That's over to be the season too. She comes over to be a supportive <laughs> person while they're suffering through Bobby's death, you know? Yeah. It's something that again a, a parent would do. Yeah, and I, I've always liked her character for that, and she's completely autonomous from all the other nonsense. Yeah, and, and, and she can take a punch like a champ because she beat the shit out of Mary still. <laughs> yeah, she did whoop her ass. Yeah, and just another element, just to kind of move the conversation along that I felt was such a great de- decision on the writing standpoint is the usage of Jody, Jody Mills and Mary Winchester being the ones to put the bullet in the head of the enemies at the end. I mean, right. I, I honestly thought it was like it was like a stroke of genius in terms of writing to it's kind something of that you like, don't obviously pick up on. It was it was very symbolic and it yep. fit the entire theme of, again, mothers mm-hmm. taking care of the boys in a way that they can never have taken care of themselves without letting allowing them. This is what mothers do. It's what parents do. They take the hard decisions. And again, yes. They shoot they, your they, enemies they, in the face for you. <laughs> well, you know what? It sounds extreme, but these are extreme. This is an extreme situation, an extreme show. These are larger than life characters that the, the way they are written. But there's a lot. There's a big difference between shooting a guy in the heat of the moment as you're moving into the bunker and shooting a woman or Mr. Catch who's on his knees and yeah. blowing him away. And I loved the symbolism of just parenting and nurturing of when both mothers chose to take that weight from Sam and Dean, yep. and they're the ones who blew them away. Yep. I loved it. I, it, it really, It really made the episode for me. Well, it, it took... It, Something as little as that, it, that wasn't by coincidence. That was no. very well thought out and planned. I think the most powerful one for that one was, was 
was um, Jody's decision because she waited for Sam to make the decision. Yep. And yep. I think that was the biggest thing. She waited for him to say, okay, I this is over, and I'm going to make it over. So when after he shoots the TV, she takes care of the rest. Yeah. He, yeah. he doesn't need that on his conscience. And, and he, I think that's the best part about this is she waited yeah. for that decision. And even from an audience standpoint, even though it's justified, there's a lot of people in the audience who would kind of cringe that Sam just blew away a woman. Especially older, a headshot, un- blood no, on the wall. I'd have been like, well, shoot that I, bitch. I, I, we're yeah. not talking about shoot you. The, shoot that umbrage looking some bitch. I, I know you would, but there are a lot of people. Just it, There's certain knacks in writing that you don't want to go down. There's certain things that you don't want to go down. Um, and even though it's justified, if you don't want to put your your protagonist in a certain light, you choose to have someone else to do it. That would be more acceptable. They can shoot an unarmed henchman 100% like a dead eye between the eyes shot at a thousand yards. No problem. Right. But when your main character has the choice to shoot the villain, a defenseless villain in the head yeah they never do it yeah and it is kind of like this unspoken rule kind of thing that obviously some people break it depends on the material it depends on the material and and the audience and what you're trying to convey through your messaging but that's usually not something that your good guys do but didn't we didn't we see dean like chop up a bunch of pedophile dudes and like hold on what was the word you said is a bunch of pedophiles. They're the bad guys. There you go. That's she's always a bad guy too. acceptable. Exactly. Rapists and pedophiles <laughs> always. It's open. It's open, open season. season. Always. Always in writing. And even then, he was time. under the influence of the mark. But yeah. Okay. But against uh, the head villain of the of technically this episode. I mean, let's put her on that level because that's what she is. She's the one calling. She's not a shots. pedophile. No, she's, she's the head villain of the episode. But th- yeah. that's the difference. You, she was defenseless. Listen, yeah. who gives for, a shit? First off, Ryan, you don't have to convince me because I would pull the trigger. I, I would have shot her. her. Dude, I'd, I'd have think, blown her away and then emptied the magazine in her forehead. I think. Like, no oh my god! That's I think, just a I think most people probably would pull the trigger. But again, you got to understand writing. And there's something that you just don't do to your protagonist. Unless the story dictates and you're trying to send the character down that road of doom and gloom and he lost his soul and there's no return Mm -hmm. for him. The Kylo Ren syndrome of killing his father to create that definitive, this guy is, there is no saving him. A line that cannot be crossed. Right. And And that's what they do. and, And that's something that you don't, I don't think the audiences or even, it would even fit in Sam. We don't want to see Sam do that. Especially Sam, I think. He's always been, like, the more moral one. I mean, even in this episode, Dean's like, let's shoot Lady Bevel. Just because fuck her, right? Yeah. And Dean's like, wait, we're going to fuck her? Oh, God. Sam's like, hold on a second. There may be, she might be able to help us. That's a Yeah. I will say, though, I think everyone was happy to see the grenade launcher finally get used. That was Dude, awesome. bro, that was my favorite scene <laughs> of the whole episode. I, you know what? When, when, he, when he got an idea, when Dean got oh, that yeah, idea, dude, I was you like, yup. I knew exactly what Yo, it was going to be. God, it's so amazing. There was no way it wasn't going to be. They'd been pushing that so hard throughout the I entire season. I still wish season. he blew away catch with it, though. They're I know. All, I know. <laughs> I literally, in my notes, I'm like, too bad it was like sadly against a wall, yeah. not a person. How awesome would that have been, though? If he blew <laughs> he just blows him up, dude. Oh, it's so been, good. I think it would have been like thunderous applause. Yeah. Oh, it would have been. <laughs> Eat this grenade launcher. Boom. Oh, Pieces man. of his body go oh, flying God. everywhere. We get it. What? That's I didn't go. That's not bad. Now, we did have the end of the British Metal Letters in this season, in this episode. We had Catch get executed. I did like seeing Dean and him fight. I did want Dean to win, 
and I wanted Dean to do it, but it makes more sense narratively that Mary is the one. And that's the hard. The that's the hard decisions that writers could I have know. to make because you're right. If I was writing this, I would want Dean to be the one. Yeah. But the thing that makes the sense, Mary. Yeah. I know, and and that's the thing is that I knew she was going to get up and shoot him. Yeah. But I did want to see Dean, you know, maybe just punch him while he was down again, just to get that last jab in. Because at that point, I really was pissed at him. I don't know. Catch had never really bothered me until this last few episodes. No way. I still liked him. <laughs> you still liked him? He's a great villain. Yeah, great lo- character. You love the douches. I, I do. He does. Huh? <laughs> he loves the dicks. No, oh, oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But the bigger question, I think, the question that will lead into season 13 is, who was that other voice on the computer? Clearly, it was probably one of the other elders, since they were talking to, I can never remember her name. Hess? Dr. Hess, thank you. It was probably one of the other elders. The question is, will the British Men Letters return for season 13? Will they stay home and lick their wounds for a while? Will they show up when it's convenient for them and... Fuck other things up. I think this is this is something that will come back to bite them, but I don't think it's an immediate comeback. To yeah, bite them. I don't think I, it's immediate. They I killed would, off every character we got to know this year. I think it would be smart if we're to believe that the British mental letters are intelligent and smart, then they would kind of lick their wounds and rethink their plan of action. Do I no. think they have let Sam and Dean go and the no. American hunters? No, I think it's kind of a vendetta at this point. Uh, but for them to come back next season immediately, I think would be a mistake. I think it would be better to bring him back maybe towards the end of season 13 as something to remind us with maybe one episode that yeah. they're still in existence, that they're still around. But really, we don't really need to tackle that situation until later. No, we don't. And, and not until the Nephilim, whether it's good or bad, is really kicking things into gear or Lucifer returns from, you know, Bizarro world or whatever. But with that, that'll be the big question. That'll be something that I think we'll get into more during our year in review and our assumptions of next season. But guys, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to give our final thoughts and get into episode 23 all along the Watchtower. Supernatural, the crossroads will be right back. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. There's no outcry. Let me tell you why, okay? Yeah, shut up. Because every 65% of my family is Hispanic. Okay? Okay. What's the other percentage left? It's 65, 30, 35, 35. 35%, 35%. 35% of my family is redneck. Okay? So out of 65% of my family, not one of them, and we talk all the time, not one of them gave a shit. I don't give a shit about Donald Trump. I'm tired of people speaking for me. I'm tired of it. We... Yeah. I'm not a part of this. You know what my family's doing? Working a real job they already have? They're working or they're drinking alcohol and getting drunk. There you go. Mm. My, t- my, my, my Tio Poncho works on cars all day and then gets fucking hammered and then bangs Bertha, <laughs> his wife. <laughs> That's what my uncle does. Like a real American. Yes. <laughs> and his son, Sessa and Cesar, guess what they do? Same thing. They work all day under a hood of a car. They go home, bang Berta, not their mother, the other one. <laughs> they wake up and do it again. They work nine to five. They bang their chicks. They drink. That's it. That's life. God bless America. Yeah. That's a life right there. Nine to five and sex. I don't even get that. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. 
where I'm not plotting to kill Barry Allen. I'm listening to Ryan Denton on Rayman Digital's DC on CW. <laughs> Ray Palmer better run. If that's Django. What gonna look like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be <laughs> fair. Is that the ultimate meet your mother? Like, yeah. like, look at the lady you're marrying's mother. Oh, that's look, what she's going to she be is. like. To yeah. be fair, <laughs> the world would not be so kind back then. Can, can I see what you're going to look like, please? Can, I go, can we go back? Let's, Let me just. Uh, wow. Gideon, we, can you pull up a picture of so and so in 2000 whatever? I oh, think, shit, I'm I got to so- get out. I'm I think sorry. all of us would look like garbage. I'm sorry, Ray. I'd look I look like garbage now. I can't look up that picture. It's been deleted from She's my memory. She's not that old to look like that. Come on. Ray yeah. Palmer better put together a workout routine. No oh shit. Like, hey, babe, just hey, go babe. ahead and start working. Just some Pilates. Pilates. Uh, are you going to eat that? You, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> P90X, baby. <laughs> babe. Rube Hunter said you can't mess with the timeline. <laughs> let, yeah. let her eat. <laughs> Check out the new DC fan show, DC on CW. Covering topics from The Arrow, The Flash, and the new Legends of Tomorrow. Head over to RainmanDigitalMedia.com to get more details. You're listening to Supernatural The Crossroads, Crossroads 003 on Rain Man Digital. Welcome everyone, Supernatural The Crossroads. Now we're going to give our final little review for episode 22, Who We Are. Ryan, let's start with you. What did you think? What did you give this one overall? Um, my grade, As an individual episode. Uh, individual episode. Uh, my grade for this is going to be a solid A. Um, okay. I I truly enjoyed this episode through and through. The fact of the matter is that Dean got to use a grenade launcher made this amazing. Um, the scene with Sam, or excuse me, with Dean and his mother, and just that whole entire scene just it blew me away i was sitting there and like i I just it was so good dean's acting you know jensen's acting was amazing the tears everything about it man even with mary hesitant to look over at him and and everything that he's saying and she knows that it's true uh god man it was so good and watching sam finally lead for once and actually take responsibility for what he's done and, and and turn around and lead you know the hunters into battle was just was so cool and well done. Um, obviously I get, like I said, I nitpicked on the gun, the gun, you know, stuff, but that didn't ruin it for me. It didn't, it didn't bother me uh, in the end. Um, I understand why they do it. I understand, you know, why it's, it's done that way. Um, the, the poetic justice of catch dying by Mary's hand and Hess dying by Jody's hand, you know, her waiting for Sam's decision was so, was so good. And so perfect. Um, this episode, like I said earlier, it felt like, we got two season finales. Yes, they're connected and they're supposed to be one long episode, but the fact of the matter is, is we got two season finales and they did such a great job with this opening one. And I felt like it, it didn't close obviously the British middle letters, but it closed that. It closed arc. the story we yeah, had for them. So yes, far. for this season. And I think, um, but it left it open for it to, to come back later. And I think that's the best way to do it. And, and there were questions, you know, there, who was on the computer, who was talking to Hess. We, these are things that we'll, I'm sure we'll end up finding out, but I just think that they did such an incredible job with this episode and it got me so hyped for the next one, um, you know, right out, right out of the gate. So this is definitely a solid A for me. Um, great episode and great leading into the final, you know, the final, final episode. So A for me. All right. This is an A. Mike, what about you? What are your final thoughts? I give this episode an A plus. 
Oh. Yeah, A+. plus. That's right. Robert Barron's delivers again. And I have two words. Character progression. That equals A+, plus for me. As I was saying, we have never seen a fully resolved Dean like we saw this episode. Same thing with Sam. We've never quite seen a Sam like this. And to be able to do something like this 12 seasons in is amazing. And it shows the true understanding of these characters, what makes them who they are. And that's exactly what Barons did. He delved into who they are as characters and what their purpose was. And if this was what the point was for the entire season, I have to go back and I need to rewatch now. Because <laughs> I honestly do. Because no, it's a good point. If I gave an unfair, you know, if I if I didn't give Dab his due because we only watched part of the season and we were looking for one thing, meaning the standard story arc, the overarching myth arc that kind of has been the the staple of of uh, of supernatural. What we're accustomed to that story that 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 the bad guy that keeps everything cohesive and going or the overt in your face issue that they have to tackle and in retrospect seeing what they did with dean all season putting it on a slow burn uh, with dean's entire issue with with abandonment and his mother um and then also sam and his leadership and the questioning of the legacy and you see all these things fall into place this episode i have to question my own disregard for the rest of the season right because is that what dad was doing because from here after watching this episode i see it and if that's the case i need to go back and rewatch. because if that was the point if the point was to give us true character progression on simmer then they succeeded yeah and or was it, it was some of it as well we were too used to something yeah a certain w- style exactly was and it, it us? wasn't it was different and therefore ruined in our minds and and or is it now that it was just something different done in a way that we weren't used to yeah I, i'm not sure if it if these last two episodes justify everything no from season 12 i don't believe they do no. but it does make the case that it wasn't a complete story you know bullshit oh god we're building the bridge as we cross it kind of thing right and and i and and i do stand by and i'm gonna save the rest of this for my next final thoughts for the second episode but overall this episode and and seeing the dominoes fall into place it's a solid a plus episode all right uh this one for me was going to be an a as well i agree with ryan a plus i reserved for like my favorite episode favorite of all time it was it was an incredibly solid episode like mike said going back is going to be a requirement now because there was a lot to it that may have been more subtle than I was originally giving it credit for. I do believe they had some structural issues throughout the season, but this, this episode was what we love from supernatural. It was great character moments from characters we've known for a decade and characters we've only known for 23 episodes. And each one of them worked to see Dean make this kind of change and make these kind of decisions to be a different person to, to not not a different person necessarily but to grow as a person to let sam grow and and spread his wings and fly out of the nest and not be that protective brother slash parent to see the relationships between mary and the brothers and jody and even the other hunters it all felt good it, it didn't feel like they were coming up with things at the end just to wrap stuff up it didn't feel ho-hummed or 
slapdash in any way. It had strong character moments. It had great action moments. It had a little bit of teasers for upcoming things with the British Men of Letters. And I think this is, you know, it got you tearing between the nuances of that dream memory sequence with Mary and how much it said without saying directly different things between their relationship is it again Barron's does a great job it was a well-written character story the supernatural element it was barely involved and i think that honestly worked for this one better than it has than than other episodes would have been able to do and it's why i still watch the show you know this episode single-handedly at, at the time turned around a lot of my negative feelings towards this season in a lot of ways it doesn't fix everything but it was a very strong case for giving it a second chance and looking at it again with a different perspective. And I think that definitely warrants an A. So with that, guys, we're going to move on to... Now we are talking about Season 12, Episode 23, All Along the Watchtower. This is the season finale, somewhat the Part 2 finale for Season 12. We have done a decade now of Supernatural as fans. And how did this episode do as far as finales go? Rather violent jarring of what we expected. A lot of different things. Great. Oh, thank you so much. I, know, I was right? going to ask you to play this. You knew he was going to have it. I Yeah, but I, I was like, oh, there's no music. And I was like, I was going to add, this is like my favorite song of all time. And it, it fits so perfectly with this episode. The name of the episode. I apologize. Everything. I was a little delayed. I, I Usually I'm passed out by yeah, this time. Right. For right. wine. But now we're doing another show, so I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you got to wake up. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I mean, I'm already four glasses deep. Oh okay. God! Are you seriously? We're usually done by now. That's I, a good I, point. I, I, That's so a good I, point. I paced my wine drinking accordingly. Good lord! This Forgetting is going to be shit that show. we have another episode, so I, I, I may give this episode a D. Oh, wow! <laughs> just just black out and just give it an F. Like, Fuck it! This is the worst episode I've ever seen. This is Bloodlines 2.0. Yeah. Fuck this. <laughs> Anyways. No, dude, thank you for playing that song. Well, this song so always fitting. comes up to fit th- that bad shit's coming down the road. I mean, spoiler alert, and I don't say anything because I haven't finished it. Battlestar Battle Galactica. Galactica. Oh. I got to that part. And it did it blow yeah. your mind? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. But, other, you know, Forrest you are, Gump. You have seen nothing yet. Oh, yeah, I, I know. know. I know. Forrest Gump, when they're in Vietnam, yep. there's a ton of this different references amazing. to All Along the Watchtower being a herald of bad things to come. Right? And you know what? That's the only thing that I have to say that this episode did not do right. How do you not use, use this, this, this song? song? And it has got to have come down to rights. I have to think that the music, um, the music They've supervisor, been good on the music. I have to show. believe the the music supervisor was not able to get the rights in time for yeah. the you know for the episode the air. It's that, a shame. Because oh, why would you title the episode this and not use it? Yeah, Especially it, when you're supernatural. American rock music yeah. is such an integral Hendrix, part dude. of this. And, I mean, obviously, yes, I know Bob Dylan's the one who originally wrote the song. But Still, it doesn't, though. It doesn't ma- yeah, exactly. No, the I fact love that, him. No, the fact of the matter is Hendrix's version is way better. But the, well, the thing is, yeah, that, that really bummed me out that we didn't hear this song. But I understand. Anyways... Black people, black people do it better, dude. That's, oh, just, that's just how it is. They do a lot of things. Once better. you go black, you can't go back. There's a reason why. <laughs> There's a reason why that saying is this. Oh my god. Anyways, this one was directed by Robert. He's not, he's not going to go down that route. No, 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 no. I'm saving <laughs> it. I'm <laughs> saving not it. True. I'm saving it because you know, once you go Ryan, 
I don't. There's you nothing start crying. That, that's probably pretty true. <laughs> that is. That's the best joke you've ever said, Thomas. You're welcome. That's amazing. That's the best joke <laughs> you you've ever an said. A plus. <laughs> wow. About time you said something funny. Now uh, I have one this, a season. This yeah. This one was written by Andrew Dad. <laughs> And the synopsis for this episode was the Winchesters cast Daniel Crowley take on Lucifer for the fate of Kelly Klein's Nephilim child. Fuck you, Thomas. <laughs> you start crying. Oh, that was good. How could we have really... not thought about that before? You're welcome, dude. I don't know. I, I don't know. We were. This is what we the two hour dumb. mark does to us, I think. Wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> Our best materials after the first two hours. Good Lord. All right. Ugh. This episode. Wow. First of all, what a kick to the taint. Right, I mean, uh, wow, <laughs> on a roll here, starting off big. It this had so many unexpected turns from what a little we, pressure on the taint feels good sometimes. Not gonna lie, yeah. yeah but this, a was a, this was it's a kick. Yeah, this was like a kick. A, yeah. Oh, okay. This wasn't a light. You know, I'm not gonna go down that route. <laughs> but <laughs> we where you we have been talking for quite some time that supernatural, as sucky as it would be, needed to clear the board of some of the other characters that have no longer really contributed to the overall story. Yeah. Primarily, we've talked about Castiel and Crowley for different reasons. Castiel, they kept finding reasons to keep him around or involve him in some way. And often Crowley was just somewhat there as a, a pseudo help for the villain in some ways, some respects, or would somehow due to his own arrogance would bring about some of the own, the problems they ran into. And, and- the nature of his character and the and who he plays, Mark Shepard, it, it's oh, I think he could be around a lot longer than even say Misha Collins. I think you can find creatively you reasons. You can, yeah. Castiel's a different story. It's very hard to find a, a place for an angel to fit in. Well, the, we've said it before, and, and as is right, and we've said it before is when you constantly have to nerf a character and and make them you know depower them it, it's a once you get to like five or six times it's probably time to figure out a way to you know same thing with mark shepherd it, 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 it when you constantly have to nerf someone you it, it gets to a point where it's like okay we need to do something with this character. well we talked about superman syndrome yeah, we've absolutely. talked about that since season eight since at least since season nine what do you do with a character who can solve all their problems in reality with the, flick of the wrist so then angels have been nerfed. We've talked about that. Season eight had the big angels falling from heaven. A lot of their power was lost. And like demons, the best, the best of the best have long since died. That's just a fact. But we do have the death of two major characters. Crowley, who has been around since season five. And Castiel, who has been around since season four. The saddest part is that's not the only deaths. We also have Rowena has died yet again. I think I think Ryan wrote a speech tonight. Today, I think we, he did. We mourn a lot. This is not. A, I didn't write this. I'm, this is off the top of my head. Today, <laughs> really couldn't tell. <laughs> today we mourn the loss of our dearly departed characters that we love so well: Crowley, Castiel, Rowena. And I guess Mary Winchester, because she disappears in a crack oh, of time. God. And Lucifer. And Kelly Klein. And okay. Kelly, who she's cares about Kelly important. Klein? No, she's important. Who cares about her? She was only Just like decently luggage, attractive. Important. She was decently attractive. No, she was pretty hot. Yeah, I would have put a baby in her, too. Oh, God. All right. We can, mourn the this, loss of these characters that we Could you imagine if he was called. at a funeral? Yeah. And this is what he's... This is he's his, a wedding... He's a I'm funeral a, crasher. I'm a Googler. <laughs> he's I'm a really feral. I'm a really good Googleizer. The fact of the matter is, guys... We mourn the loss of these characters. This song is 
grossly inappropriate for this eulogy. No, I think it works. Crowley is Scottish. He drank all the time. That's 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 probably true. A lot of Jameson. The fact of the matter is, guys, I mean, we had a few deaths in this episode. The most important one to me is Rowena. She was turned into a crisp. Even I wouldn't touch that. Right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I got to think there's something there, though. Yeah. There, well, there, there's uh, a bigger story that's not fa- being told. The fact of the matter is, is she, if she got caned and basically killed off screen, I will riot. I, see, but I think it is intentional, but I don't. A hundred percent agree with it. There's more to it. There but was. We, there's been a lot of deaths. That's the fact of the matter. Not just this episode, but overall, we had a fan. It was VW, correct? Go back and do a complete tally for season 12's death count. There's a lot of murder. Going on. A lot of people died. There's a lot of murder fi- going on. Let's see if I can find it. Hold on, I lost it. Okay, so this season. The official death count. Again, thank you, uh, Vents0042 on Twitter, which is VW, I believe. Uh, in this season, official death count of season 12, Supernatural, male, 107. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know why he did gender, but hey. Female, 28. Oh, see how it is. Hellhound, 1. <laughs> <laughs> Goat God, 1. <laughs> Those are awesome. That's great. Man, that's a lot of murder. Yeah. In weird. one season? Holy shit. Weird how all the most is guys. Huh. Weird. Oh, come on. Weird. Weird. That's only because men have more opportunities uh-huh. at getting <laughs> cast. At getting stabbed. <laughs> at getting killed. Guess what? You're going to die. You're a dude. All right. So I don't know if Rorina is truly dead. There was, In this episode, and we're going to get through all this, and I don't want to jump ahead. Thomas will stop me if I am. But... um. There seemed to be a lot of things going on that were purposely hidden, and I don't yeah. think, and I don't think that was the writing. Inti- yeah. Meaning, no, I, I don't think it was bad writing. I think it was intentional. There was a lot of things that were purposely hidden that we were kept from. There was a lot of perspective changes. Um, the show Rowena, I don't think she's dead, and the reason why I say this is because, and if again she is truly dead, then so be it. However, I, I, I think that's a miss opportunity there. Okay. You have, you have a character who has been in the season now for three years, who has become a part of the show. She is a, I would, I would, I would say she's a regular cast member. Even though she's not a lead, she is an, a reoccurring guest. And to just yeah. have her die, I know a lot of people say that, hey, you know, Charlie died off screen and Eileen didn't have a share, a, a fair, a fair death scene, which I disagree with both of those. But with this one, I have to say it's very different. This is Rowena. She was a standing character. I, I get what you're saying. And she... to have her just die off screen, I think there's more to the story. I, I think they did this intentionally. I, okay, I get what you're saying, but I disagree for a couple of reasons, and I think it'll ultimately lead into what some what is some of the possibilities for season 13 as well. Yeah, let's save that, because I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I talked to you about it before. Yeah. Now, Rowena, to me, I think she is dead. It, I think it's unfortunate, but I think she is gone, and I think one of the main reasons we didn't get the on-screen death was because of how brutal it was insinuated to be. Lucifer has had it. He is not fucking around anymore. And is good. it also gives us that shock factor when he answers the phone. And he's twirling her red hair. Exactly. Yeah. With with 
Rowena. It did work. Exactly. It works. Yeah. The fact that it's him answering the phone and he says how brutally he killed her. We're immediately pissed off, upset, in denial. We've gone through like three of the stages of grief immediately. And it's effective. It does. It has that great bit before you cut to the opening sequence because he is the devil. That is what he does. He fucks people up, frankly. Yep. He's, he snaps his fingers and angels die. He kills his brother, no problem. He starts the apocalypse, apocalypse twice, essentially. Right. I think if we keep Rowena alive as well, it's, it, to me, that will be bad writing because she's already died and then come back. And then if she's died again and then comes back, we're getting way too close to fan fiction. At right. That point. And it does. And I make... love the character. She is great. And I will say it does feel like a shame that we didn't get a little bit more of her. At least one scene of her opening the door to her house and there's Lucifer or she I has know. some kind of like, oh, fuck moment before we cut away. And then we don't see what happened for the three episodes. For her to have last been seen with the the infamous now because of how I can't say names, McCleod episode. Who? <laughs> McCleod. <laughs> that was her last on-screen appearance. That does feel like a shame. But I can't... I, I honestly, I don't want her to come back because it sucks. It does suck. But if she comes back again, that just seems silly. And you're like, okay, what the hell, guys? You're just going to keep killing her off and playing with my emotions to bring her back because fuck it. No, I agree. And I do agree that the death should have happened. And if it was going to happen, it had to happen from Lucifer's hands. Exactly. Lucifer has killed nobody. And he is Lucifer. And he had to do something like this. He had had to to kill people. Not just that. This is Lucifer. Exactly. He had to be the one to take people out. So I agree with the decision. Plus, the whole concept that we argued for years, and that seems to have been what happened in this episode... If you don't clear the board and she comes back a second time, then you are just further instilling this character who we love as fans because she is great. She's a great actress. She's tons of fun on screen. They know how to write her. But if you are just going to keep bringing these characters back, then why bother, why bother with killing, killing them off in the first place? Yeah, and right. then we're then we are shackled to these characters who do I'd not love to be have shackled to her. Not mm. that way. We're shackled. <laughs> To these characters who don't add anything to the overall story other than we like seeing them. And if you're going to have the balls to cut those characters off now, do not bring them back unless you have a really good fucking reason to. And I think Rowena, because she's already died and come back, you can't do it again. Right. That that I I know some people are going to be mad about that. And I know, capacity. and I'm not saying, guys. I am not saying that we shouldn't have gotten to see a little bit more of her or given her a final sequence, even if it was uh, Lucifer's like, "Honey, I'm home," referencing Lucy or something like that. Right. That would have sucked. But also, I think that we didn't are see. You it. Trying to insinuate that Ricky Ricardo, a Cuban male, is a murderer. No, Lucy, you got some splaining to do. But that would have been meta for him. Lucifer's <laughs> always referenced TV and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think also not seeing it adds to that element of what the hell kind of brutal torture death did he put her through? Yeah. And I that mean, makes him even more hateable. The I, ultimate decision of killing her is fine. I just as yeah, a Rowena as a Rowena fan, it sucks. I would like to have seen her die. Well, yes, not, me too. Not, that sounds very gruesome, but I would like to have seen her die in some. Give her that send off scene. Let's yeah. be honest. I'm the biggest Rowena fan here in this room right now, and I I am even okay with the fact that they chose to 
kill her off. The right. fact, but the thing is, I would have liked to seen it. I mean, it was the same thing that they did with Kane, and it bugged. It still bugs me to this day. It's like Kane was such a cool character, and to have him die technically off screen was I, just so stupid. I, I and don't I, think it's the same though. Kane was in two episodes. Yeah, but he was badass in the two episodes he, he that he was in. He was badass. Okay. I, I can't disagree, but Rowena became a fixture of the show. She was kind of an unspoken lead in the show. You know, an unsaid lead. And that that's the only reason why I think it would have been fair to see her have a death scene that was a proper send-off. At I, least give I us an agree. Eileen where well, she the, flayed like a fish. Oh, the, oh Jesus. <laughs> She's bouncing around. The the thing is though is we saw her first death quote unquote was at least shocking and there she went you know like snapped neck so and and that's the other thing speaking of her first death that is why I feel like as much as it sucks because I do wish we had seen yeah. a little bit more of her before the end I think her first death is where her character really came to a close she didn't have a lot to do other than use her spell work. Between her return at the end of season eleven right. and her presence in season twelve, she she can bind Lucifer and, and delays him a little bit. Narrative wise, they needed somebody who could do that. Yeah, they needed a stall. But at point. the same time, her character arc with Crowley and and that whole bit where he's got her under his control and she's like, "I had to hate you because otherwise I'd love you." And that that groupy mentality she had helping lucifer out all fit into a great end to a great character right a tragic end and then i feel like you can't try that trick twice i, I don't disagree I it just... would have been nice to see a bit more of her i will completely agree with that but but then again when you're dealing with castiel and crowley all dying as well um, not to mention Kelly Klein. It sets the tone um, really quick and, and punches you right in the gut yeah, automatically. I agree. And also, we got to save time. We're dealing with 45 minutes. And if we had to choose between, you know, the death of Rowena and the death of Crowley and to put the emphasis on that, since that's the character that I, I truly believe is gone and dead, then yes, let's put the, put the emphasis on that. Now, there is an idea I have, which we'll come to a little bit later as, in our discussion as to how they may remedy some of that if they really, really wanted to without it being contrived, at least based on the rules they've established. Now, the, to me, though, I think this would be obvious to a lot of people, the one that hit the hardest was Crowley. Ugh, I agree. Crowley's sacrifice, and, and he, I think Rowena is dead, yes. Castiel is a little up in the air, and we'll get to that. He's dead. But Crowley is for certain. I mean, he had dead. a send off, man, in every way. Exactly. The, the fact that he was introduced as Hello Boys and they end it with Bye Boys. That, yeah. that was the best part. Dab made the best decision. If you're going to send a character, what a bookend to a character. Yeah. Absolutely. Hello Boys was the first thing he said, and Bye Boys. And that, mean, that once he hurt, said that, man. dude, my, the, I hurt. I was like, yeah, you, don't yeah. you fucking say goodbye, you <laughs> bastard. Did you notice, too, that they cut all the music? Yeah. yeah, it was completely silent. Yeah, because that—that's when, and that's a great move by the you know sound, the director and the editor and all that stuff. It's it fucking sucks. Yeah, and and ultimately, yeah, I think suck. that made it work as well. Was I, I think it was a smart move, and I know that there were some people complaining on some hashtags. I was I was trolling. Oh, doing some trolling, huh? They were complaining um, about the, you know Crowley's true intentions and. 
Uh, and what Why? were they? And honestly, That's the point. I, I think staying true, I think it was a smart move by Dab to kind of stay true to Crowley's ambiguous nature of we never really truly know Crowley's intentions. And I like the idea. Did he sacrifice himself because of his friendship with Sam and Dean? Or was he tired of living as the king of hell? Or did, was his hatred for Lucifer really the reason that contributed to his sacrifice? The, the, the idea of winning. Did he really want to win at all costs? All those things, I think, work. And leaving it ambiguous works for Crowley. To actually hear him spell out, I love you, boys, yeah. would, would, he would lose something. The, the cool guy, you know, persona. Cool guy the cool guy bro, you know, persona of, hey, you know, I like you. I, I think that works. We get it. The fact that he was willing to sacrifice himself for them, for the cause, that he joined their team, and that even if it was motivated by a win over Lucifer, it still works. Yep. I think it was in, it had to be intentional for it to be that ambiguous. And would, like you said, would we want it any other way? Do we want way. Crowley truly to be one hundred percent good? I don't want Crowley to be one hundred percent good. Yeah. I don't want Crowley to be one hundred percent understandable or yeah, predictable. Exactly. I love that he's the chess player. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. Flip the board. Because that is who he is. That's and been that, the intrigue of Crowley yep. since day one. The uh, his ambiguous nature. You're just not sure. You're never exactly. gonna figure him out. You and know, that's and, why he was always ahead. Yep. You never figure him out. And that's that exactly defines the character of Crowley. And honestly, I like that interpretation a- aspect. I, that's what television showrunners, my favorite television showrunners do that. Like leave things open for the interpretation of of the audience. And and I, for one, will gravitate to the idea that he sacrificed himself for Sam and Dean. We saw them building towards that since the 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 trials of yeah. season eight. We've seen this this change in Crowley since season, since the ending of season eight. And it came to a head again, or finally in this episode in season 12, we saw him striving to work for Dean's attention in what season 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he tried, then he, you know, <laughs> tried to get family to show up and in season 11. Right. And then finally in this episode, we saw Sam of all people finally accept him. And the fact that he was the one that wanted to give him a chance yeah. to explain himself. He needed that. Like that was when I knew he was going to die. Yep. When Sam was the one to forgive him a few episodes ago, when he was on his side. Yep. Uh, and when the girl thanked Crowley for saving her life a few episodes back with the Hellhound, I believe it yeah. was. Yeah. And then right when D or right when Sam said, "Oh wait a second, let's listen to him," I was like, "Yeah, he's dead." Yeah. And I think that worked because in some ways they gave him the acceptance by. The only people he's ever considered as friends. And isn't that what we wanted, his acceptance? That's exactly. What I think as a fan... We didn't fan, want him to be good. We wanted him to be accepted as part of the group. And that's what he wanted. And that's what he was. And I think that's why it worked so well. And it is bittersweet. And I think the point is that it was. It was It was for the brothers. It was self-serving to tell Lucifer to go fuck himself. It was because he was bored and tired of fighting, tired of running it away. It was all of those things. Of everything. It wasn't just one. You're and right. And I think it works for his character because he starts as this self-serving villain-ish character in 5 and 6 and becomes this self-sacrificing guy who, even though he's not doing it for 100% you know, good truth, justice in the American way, Superman bullshit... He's doing it for a way that works for him. And that's that's why it's all the more powerful because it was a true it wasn't some cockamamie well, bullshit reason as to why he did it. It was one that worked for him that we would believe. Well, it, it totally makes sense for him to flip the bird to Lucifer right in his face and say, you know what? 
I hate you. Screw you. And this to, is how I'm going to go out on my own terms. And I'm exactly. not going to let you kill me. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself and flip you the bird. His right own in your terms face. and a way that made his because he's always kind of looked for meaning or belonging in some capacity. Yeah. And this his if he's like if his life couldn't give him that maybe his death could. And I think it works in so many ways. But he's a tragic character in a lot of he ways. Is. I and mean, I love it, those kind of characters. Yeah. And even if you look at from the very you know, start of how he was introduced. Uh, I mean, even though it's very superficial, it's still tragic how he lost his soul. The fact that he was so insecure yeah. that he sold his soul for a few extra inches to the dick. Yeah. I mean, yes, people can laugh at that and it was meant to be comical, but when you take his character as a whole and, and you look and at if it, that's really what it was worth to him, but insecurity, that's yeah. what he is. The, the yeah. acceptance falls hand in hand with insecurity and just looking at his character, again, key word here, character progression. A character that was never meant to be a, a season, a, a season regular. regular. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they utilized him to, in this way. And again, the character progression and to make him have a, a good send off. Something that, again, a full resolve. Yep. It was it was a it was And a that good worked move. so well. And it was tragic. The second he said, bye, boys, I was like, you Oh, you bastard, don't do it. Yeah. But I knew he was going to. And then as sad as it makes me, I wouldn't have it any other way. Are you gonna cry right now, dude? I might. It's the well I might cry right now. Hold on. The thing is, is I think you might. <laughs> the the thing is, is is for this character, it's it's the best and most logical way for him to go out and go out yep. where we all feel satisfied with the fact that okay, we just lost a character that we all love, but he did it in such a defiant way to like I said, flip the bird right yep. in, in Lucifer's face. It had to be that way. It had to be that way. It made so much sense. And it had to be what? What did I say a couple episodes ago? It had to be ago? a sacrifice. It had to be a sacrifice, and it had to be witnessed by Sam by and both yep. of them. That's the only way it would have been impactful. Yep. If he just died at it, like like everyone thought he had died last episode. In the episode, bunker, cold and alone. It just wouldn't have made sense. This makes sense to his character. It had to be witnessed. It had to be from the perspective of Sam and Dean so that we can feel like they understand what he did. Yeah. Yeah. And it fucking sucked. It but sucked. But it was fucking awesome, too. It, so. it, it sucked, but it made total sense, and it was like and I think, badass at the same time. I think that's why that one of all of them is the most concrete death we got in this season. Except yeah, maybe Kelly, because she just disappeared. <laughs> but that leads us to arguably the the bigger one for most of the fandom, I would say, and that's Castiel. Eh. Now they're <laughs> God damn it, right? What I mean, dude, honestly, <laughs> you're such you're, you're so such, provocative. You, you do it intentionally. I am very provocative. Thank yeah. you. The, okay, do you know what that word means? I, yes, just, I absolutely know what provocative <laughs> means, and it totally makes sense. The thing is. <laughs> Okay, uh, let, let me let me just discuss my feelings on Castiel. I, I love Castiel like everyone else. You know, he well, most people. Um, he's not dead. He's not dead. Yeah. And, and the way they did it, the way they did it in front of the, it, it wasn't done where I was like, eh. it wasn't done like Crowley. No, it wasn't. And, and the there thing was no is, impact. Exactly. There was no impact to it. And that's the way. That's that's why I think, obviously, like we said, Crowley's truly dead mm -hmm. because there was impact to it. There was no impact to this. It yeah. was just so quick right after and Crowley's. And then over. And then over. And uh, look, Jack or the Nephilim or whatever the hell you want to call him, he's going to bring him back. That's the, that's one speculation I think is going to happen. 
or well, something else. They the, didn't just build. The, the there was no build to the, it. Right. The birth of the Nephilim and its connection to Castiel, it it's, has to be. It's big. It's bigger. I mean, the fact that it, it, it pushed Castiel's story forward that earlier this season, they wouldn't just end it in one episode. Oh, Castiel's dead. Then what's the point of him running off and taking the side of Lucifer's offspring? There's a bigger story there. I don't think he's done. He's not at all. Either either Jack is going to bring him back, or there'll be something else. Which I'm leaning to the fact that they're connected. Why would they show that connection and drive and drive home for 20 minutes about Castiel taking care of this child again and again? They say that repeatedly. Yeah, the, the writers writing don't they, you don't do that. You no. just don't do that when you're in the writing room trying to drive this home unless there's a bigger plan there. Castiel is not officially dead. And it's no, especially not. because I know he got signed to season 13. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's cheater. spoiler alert, but it, still. It's not just the fact that of what they've said, it's what they didn't say. There was a whole yeah. sequence where he meets alternate universe Bobby. And what did they discuss? What did they talk about? What happened there? There's a whole bit where he's talking to Kelly about what he's seen and what the Nephilim's shown him. And he's clearly been shaken by his experience in the alternate universe so there is more to that otherwise that makes it's incongruous with the rest of his entire story this season what'd, Him, you, what'd you say incongruous in- jesus oh. i gotta google that hold on it doesn't make sense for his character just this whole say season. that god stop being pretentious i'm not that's the thing is that's are, how i talk you're being pretentious four years three years four years whatever it's still you're yes and you've been pretentious for all four of them been a lot longer Thomas than that. is interesting. He's an, it, let's analyze Thomas. For <laughs> <laughs> In this I mean, hour of Supernatural the Crossroads, we're going to talk. We're going to go over Thomas. My vocabulary is probably rivals Thomas. However, I utilize those words when I write. Yeah, when you write. In everyday talk, you, talk. you just look like an ass clown. You look like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that has been a very well established part of who I am. God damn it, dickhead. Ryan's the pervert, I'm the asshole, and Mike's the Mexican. Pretentious Thomas. That's, what, pretentious that's, Thomas. that's a good one, too. <laughs> Blue I can fire, spell, at least I can pretentious. spell pretentious. The whole thing. <laughs> at least I can spell it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ugh. it's not just what we saw, it's what we didn't see. There is a lot more behind the scenes, I think, going on with Castiel. But not just that, there are three different, in my mind, there's three different ways he could come back besides Mike's, you know, behind the scenes knowledge. Yeah. One, as Ryan said, the Nephilim. This kid's got power we've never even seen or heard of, except maybe rivals God and Amara who can bring people back no right. problem. So that's number one. Because unlike Crowley, he died on this universe, in this, the, the world they live in. Not on the other side. He's right there. Right. Two, they could have alternate reality Castiel show up. Yeah. Where he's not dead or he's a different person and he's got different mindsets and maybe he's a dickhead, but maybe he's not even an angel. There, The fact that Rufus in that universe is a gun. That's true. Opens up the door for all kinds of possibilities because this is a world that's similar but different. So Castiel could be Bobby's best friend, someone who knew John, someone who knew Mary, you know, just a random guy, an angel or a demon. He could be anybody. Yeah. And, and and you know what? That's the beautiful thing about this alternate universe gimmick that they squeeze into the story. Um, you can you can essentially use it to explain a lot of things and it's not contrived because it wasn't 
exactly. something that was made up for the season. And they even reminded us when Dean said, oh, were you were you were Polish when he said to Sam about the about the universe where the supernatural oh, didn't exist. The French, mis- the French mistake, the French yeah. mistake yeah. episode. So this is something that's been established. It's continuity. It's part of the well, universe of supernatural. So for them to utilize an aspect of supernatural, I mean, it, if they had just made this up out of nowhere, I would have been upset. Yeah, I would have been, oh, this is kind of bad. But the fact that this has been established, that this exists, it works and it solves and fixes a lot of issues. You can bring back characters that are dead and it wouldn't feel contrived. They could make it work. Well, I think, Thomas, you made, you made a really cool idea with the fact that Cass could be a demon. Yeah. And they all, like, that would be such a cool flip flop. Jimmy him. Novak, the demon. Yeah, like, dude, could, that would be super cool, right? But the, no, the Novaks possess Claire and Misha. Well, Claire can be dead in that universe. I don't care about that. You can't be dead. A demon can possess you. You can be alive. Well, whatever. Just don't give me Claire. I don't want Claire at all. <laughs> well, she plays a hot demon. But uh, it's not. Ju- it doesn't stop with just Castiel, though. This goes on to everybody. Put some eyeliner there. Some, some, some eyeliner, right. have like dark eyes. That makes because you know in in the world of TV and film, when you have dark eyeshadow, you're 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 a villain. You're, you're, villain. you're a yeah. bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Now here's the thing, though. The alternate <laughs> reality opens up the door for all kinds of possibilities. As I said, Rufus is a gun in that universe. This means that Crowley and Castiel could come back. If you wanted to bring Crowley back, you could have alternate universe Crowley, who's not a demon. Maybe he's just a person. Maybe Crowley's the angel this time, and Castiel's the demon. You could do anything with that if you truly felt like you needed to bring those characters back. I at least would advocate against bringing Crowley back, but that also opens the door to Rowena. Maybe she's a good witch in this <laughs> reality. Hi, I'm Glinda, the good witch. Those are Vaz? Come on. You, There's I'm no just place saying. like home. Or maybe she's just a hunter. Maybe she's Mary Winchester mm. or Mary Campbell, as Bobby knows her, his best friend. Right. You never oh God, know. She came back the, as a hunter. Where the possibilities oh are endless, and like Mike said, it would have been contrived as hell if they had done this only right now. Yeah. But the fact that this has been available to them on the table since season six, smart move, is is huge. I mean, even since season five, when you see the alternate time slash timeline reality, whatever you will have it with Zachariah, where Lucifer wins. Oh God! Yeah, that, what that's great, Kripke's stuff. Yeah, and what a great parallel to that to see. I mean, to see that world of what happens if Sam said yes to yeah. Lucifer, and you know, the demons reign over the earth. I, I don't know if we're are we jumping? Are we going there already? Are we jumping ahead? Just do it. We're we'll come back around to the Nephilim, but we're going to jump into the alternate universe. I, I right mean, now. the whole idea of that is just amazing. That I think we got cle- a clear, concise statement on whether or not Sam and Dean have have done right in the world. I mean, this has been an ongoing debate in question for how many years right. now? Their decisions that they made. Three years yep. going on now as do Sam and Dean actually make a difference? And that line when Castiel said, hey, this is a world where Sam and Dean don't exist, where you guys don't exist, we saw it was a clear defining moment and statement saying, you guys have made a difference. You have actually made the right decisions because this is something that's been plaguing the audience as well as Sam and Dean as characters since season nine. They've been yeah. questioning that. And if this isn't a clear example of what would happen if they did not exist, then I don't know what is. Shit's, shit hits the fan and rock, skyrockets 
into the stratosphere. <laughs> and it just brings up so many great questions uh, to, to, to who they are as characters and what they have done. And, and it also brings up the whole idea of free will, team free will, bringing it back. I mean, let's say the destiny that they all had. Let's say our destiny was that universe. That's what mankind should have been. And I think we talked about this a couple months ago, that going against their destiny and being team for free will has created the world we live in today. But if they did not go against the grain, they didn't go against their destiny, then they'd be living in a world that looks exactly like they crossed over. And this goes back and stays true to the very theme of Supernatural. The entire thread that has kept the entire show together is free will. And by utilizing free will, that Kripke started way back when... Mm-hmm. This is the show we have. This is the world we live in. And we see what the alternate universe it, it looks like when they don't act on that. Well, and it, I thought it was a beautiful way to sum up that question and answer it. Yeah. And not just that, but look at the, who the characters who use free will in this episode. Crowley chooses to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Kelly Klein chooses to bring the Nephilim into being. Mary chooses to take Lucifer through the gate and sacrifice herself in her own way. Which she's probably, she's she's either working with Bobby right now or is dead. Because Lucifer is pissed. The thing is, and, and we've talked about this, and we talked about this last season, is that with God and Amara, the whole thing that we were worried about was the cosmic consequences and where they were going to go with the story. Because we were like, you know, if they go space and time, it could really mess the show up. And what they've effectively done is given us another route to go in that they we've never thought of. Let's be completely honest. You've never thought that there were going to be multiple universes done in Supernatural. And the fact is that this is something we've never really talked about. And I think that that route that they chose to go with this is the most logical route for them. Because if essentially we talked about it before is that if they went with space and time or any of that bullshit or in outer space. Yeah, we would have we would have been. Yeah, we would have been pissed. Would have been like this it is was not a, supernatural. It would be jumping the shark, right? It would be jumping the Buck shark. Rogers of the twenty first. So you know, pigs yeah. in space. Like yeah. that's that that would really piss us off. And I think effectively what they've done is now they've opened up an opportunity to bring characters back, and it doesn't feel forced. It feels like okay, now we can bring this character back, and it could be a completely different version of the character. Now I know that you know I do another show called DC on CW. But it's effectively what they've done with Flash on that show. Right. It, it except gives, better. But except, well, we've only seen it for like 12 seconds, so it's not really. Never done. You know, it's true. It's already better. The it's, fact that Sam and Dean why don't. don't you just, why don't you just sit down fact, over there? The why don't you just sit down over there? It's, 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 in my, the it's not established yet. that Sam and Dean don't exist in the other universe already makes it better. You don't understand DC Comics, so that's fine. I don't care. No, that's it's fine. It, it's completely different. DC it's, Comics are flawed. Okay, you're flawed. Anyway, no, come on. You're flawed. Oh, you're Mexican. It's okay. Now on, let me finish my You're flawed. You're Mexican. What are you, a Nazi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't say you were Jewish. Let me finish my oh thought. Oh, my God. <laughs> let me finish my thought. The, the fact of the matter is, is that they've... Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was an awful, that was an awful joke. Go to hell. Oh, I'm, going to hell. I'm going to hell for that joke. <laughs> yeah, that was the one. It, yeah. it, oh, that's bad bad when right says it was a bad joke <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that this this decision gives them an opportunity to do stuff where it doesn't seem forced and it doesn't for us you know we always talk about bringing characters back you know is it a good idea is it a bad idea now we've got an opportunity to bring a character back and it could be a completely different way for that actor to play that character 
And I think that's where it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like, oh, no, they're going to bring Bobby back. And, you know, can Bobby just stay dead? No, this is a completely different Bobby. It's a, right. it's a different way for, for him to play this character. And I think that makes sense. That makes sense to yeah. us. We don't look at it and go, oh, fuck, you know, they're going to bring the character back that, that you know, had a great send off and was gone. And now you're going to bring him back and ruin the character. No, it's a completely different character. And I think that's what's awesome about this decision. And it doesn't jump the shark like we were afraid of with the whole mm. space-time continuum bullshit. Yeah. Now, to tackle the whole alternative universe situation, mm-hmm. if you're going to do it, and I'm not going to ba- – I'm not bashing DC. I, I, I know you're not. I just – On CW. Um, there's a flawed thought process when – a lot of writers try to or attempt to delve into <laughs> multiple dimensions, multiple dimensions and alternate universes. You're dealing with an alternate universe. Uh, the likelihood of everything being the same, of everything mm-hmm. being the same. And there being two, let's just say Ryan Denton. Let's right. say that's God. That's scary. It, it's very slim. If you're dealing with two worlds, you know, we already know that one decision, Ryan's dad chooses to pull out or he chooses not to, Jesus. will create Ryan Denton. <laughs> okay? And little decisions in our lives create a chain reaction. So when you're dealing with alternate universes, it's very unlikely that there'd be two of anybody. So I liked the idea that there wasn't another Sam and Dane, that John Winchester had already died. Mm-hmm. And that Mary Winchester was alive. It, it, there, the little well, she d- never brought him back, so there's no kids and there's no deal with Azazel, and therefore right. she doesn't die. There's no Rufus. There's, there's just so many different things that makes the alternative universe more realistic. Yes, there, could, there would be duplicates. That would make sense. But in a Rufus giant is a world. gun is a good example. Yeah. Where it's similar but distinctly different. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense when you have when you create when these shows and science fiction creates these alternate universes and there's two of everybody. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense if you're dealing with a world with infinite possibilities. Right. Yeah. So I'm glad not only did it serve the purpose of the story well with there being no Sam and Dane and driving home the point of that, of of them being needed and their, and their importance. Good? Yeah, it just also just made sense. Yeah. And again, I like that even the demons look different. They have horns in this universe. Dude, they look so way more creepy. Potential. So what does that make that the angels? That was awesome, right? Right. Dude, I, because I immediately thought of evolution, meaning if demons were allowed to roam free, mm-hmm. that's exactly what would happen. They would evolve into, into a, a different we, form. Well, what we what we officially think yeah. of demons God. to look like, anyway. So then, do angels look different as yeah. well? They have halos and wings. Well, I don't know. Maybe they, and they actually fly for they real. Actually fly. Like, yeah, right. they actually, yeah, like Thomas wanted like to actually wanted fly and just fly wings. away. They could do all kinds of things with that. Angels in the outfield. And again, they have the opportunity to bring other characters back. So if you really wanted to, you could bring Crowley back, and that's how you could bring Castiel into it. I think you flip flop him. I do, yeah. The whole <laughs> you make you make Crowley an angel and Castiel a demon. That could be cool, but at the same time, that'd be interesting for one episode. That's it. Yeah, that not is as interesting as me. What? Get it? Anyway, I think the biggest way in which Castiel probably comes back because there is so much of what does he have to do with the Nephilim's future and how intrinsically tied is his fate yeah. to that one? Is the Nephilim now referred to as Jack? will be the one who brings him back. 
from the dead. Yeah. I, the I'm, question, I, does anybody, is Jack a reference to anything biblical in any way or any kind of myth or lore that anybody can think of? That I can think Not of. Not off the top of my I, head. I wanted to research that. I didn't Jack have time Jack is about before. as American homegrown as you can get. <laughs> right out of Kelly Klein. Uh, oh. But I, I do think there's a much, I don't think honestly Nephilim, the Nephilim Jack is going to be, um, I don't think it's going to be what we think he is. You don't think he's going to be evil? I think they, it, no. I, I think they ended it on that note to give the sense of, you know, oh, cliffhanger, end of the season, what's going to happen with the yellow eyes at the end? The gold eyes. Uh, the, the yeah, gold the golden eyes. eyes. I don't think he's going to be what we, what they're trying to lead us into thinking. I, it would make Castiel's entire story for the last few episodes kind of pointless and it would make yeah. him, it turn him into a chump and I don't think with the decisions that we saw these last two episodes I don't think Dab would make that type of decision if this was us analyzing the first half of the season you know then, yeah. we would, then I could see that but now that we see what Dab was trying to do I don't think Dab would make that type of decision I honestly think the Nephilim is going to be something a lot different than we had expected. Will he be good? Maybe. Will he be bad? I really doubt. I do think he intentionally opened up that that wasn't just an accident of, of things that happened when the terror in time and space happened. Yeah. I don't think that was just a byproduct of the Nephilim being born. I felt that he did that purposely. A, to either put Lucifer in, pl- in there because he's good. As a, as a place to lock him away. Oh, to stop his own dad? Right. Think? Or B, um, okay. it's a way to whatever. There's a bigger story there. Right. But I don't think it's what it's. I don't think we even have any idea truly what this Nephilim's going to be. No, Most people are, are, are gravitating to good and bad, but it could be just a gray area. We, we really don't know. And I hopefully I'm hoping they actually go into that area more so into the gray area rather than good and bad. Yeah, I mean, they kind of had a gray area with Amara, although, again, she wasn't pure evil. She was destruction of force, right. something beyond what we can understand. But it, it would be nice to have a m- more nuanced character that isn't just killing a city's worth of people because fuck it yeah. kind of thing. But I'd like to see that human element come into play with those powers that have been bestowed upon him. You know, I I would like to see them be a little bit more as humans are. There's good, there's bad, and there's judgment calls in between. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, w- I would love to see I them agree. utilized. As we know, he are obviously doesn't age in a normal fashion. He's already like, what, 20? Yeah, I, I would like to see <laughs> him be cast, you know, have the, them cast a very good actor and to see him dealing with it. I want him to be a real person, a real character that we can connect with. And have him deal with issues of, you know, loyalty to his father, loyalty to the human race. I want to see this character pulled between loyalties of heaven and hell. It would be a fantastic way to tell a story. If he ends up being the villain by the end of season 13, okay. But let's see that. Let's Let's see see that progression. Let's see the choices that others around him have made and the choices he makes and the impact of those decisions push him towards one end of the spectrum yeah. or the other. And we kind of got that, which obviously Dab loves those types of things. Mm-hmm. And and Carver obviously nudging him as well and, and la- last year. We saw that a bit with Amara, and th- especially with the beginning of, of the season where Amara was learning. 
Yeah. And she kind of ended up making right. her own decisions, but you also have to remember she also had her own memories as well and and her own her own revenge vendetta as yeah. well. Yeah. She she was already a thing that you know, she had been born before. The fact of the matter is with with Jack, he he's a new entity. Yeah. He he's never experienced the world before, so he's going to learn by doing. Yeah. And learn by seeing. And I think that's the biggest thing is is this is a this is a story that they can tell with Jack, and it could go either way. And I think that's the coolest part about it. How, yeah, and how amazing would it be, Ryan, if they did do a story like, what if the whole scenario of Hitler, and what if Hitler was raised by somebody else? Yeah. What if he wasn't raised by these type of parents and raised by someone else? He would become someone very different. Completely different person, yeah. So the whole question in play this season of, do we kill a child? Makes more sense moving into season 13 if they actually go into that area of this character or this person, the Nephilim, will end up being who he becomes to be based on his own interactions, his own life experience, and who raises him. Exactly. That would be an awesome story. That'd be super cool. It would be so good to see the conflict, everything. It would work. I do wonder if we're going to, I, I think we have to see more of that alternate universe. I think with, as it's in, coming back for sure. It has to come back between the reveal that Bobby's in that universe, that Mary's trapped there and that Lucifer, who I think will ultimately be the final villain for the series. He has to be. He has to come back into play. I think the Lucifer of that world's going to kill him. You think? Oh, Boom. Boom. Oh. See, I, 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 no. You Mike need to drop. have original Lucifer be the one they. I think finally original Lucifer with. and alternate universe Lucifer are going to be shipped really soon on Twitter. I think they're, <laughs> I think they're going to fuse and become ultimate Lucifer. Ultimate Lucifer on Tumblr is going to be a ship. I'm going to actually make that. Hold on, I'm going to get yeah, that. Can Twitter. we, can get we that copyright hand. that? I'm going to get that Twitter handle right now. <laughs> I'm going to ship Lucifer with Lucifer. Alternate reality no. Lucifer with Earth One Lucifer. Can we call this Earth One? No, don't get started no, with that. Don't. Let's Come call on. this. What what are we going to call this then? Uh, Supernatural one, ultimate, uh, ultimate one, ultimate Espion one, Espion one, world one. That is, that is a terrible name. What is this, Mario Brothers? I would love to see that on Tumblr. Get it started, guys. Oh no, oh, God. I would love send me your Lucifer see. fan fiction. I want to see Lucifer enter Lucifer. <laughs> very meta. <laughs> It'll be very Lucy. Oh, oh. that's horrible. <laughs> but in- <laughs> That's horrible. Wait, which one? Which one would be the girl, and which one would be the boy? Does that? it which matter? One? Why do you got a? Why do you get a label? I'm not labeling. Why can't they just be both. two? I'm just curious which one would be the giver no, and which one would be the taker. Non-binary. Okay? All both. Both all the time. non-binary. I mean, is it? Is it both non-binary? Ryan, <laughs> stupid. You don't know who's touching you, but it feels good. But it's your. T- you're it, technically man. touching yourself. So is it like? Is it masturbation? It's really involved masturbation. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> I was wondering about that. Anyway, good. Good lord, what are we talking about? Lucifer, fucking Lucifer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what? You just gave shippers, uh, you know, a, a heart attack. They're like, oh my God, I got to do this. <laughs> oh my God, I got to write this. <laughs> I'm writing this right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing it right now. Why does Lucifer and Earth 2 have spines on his wiener? For re- some reason, on his for wiener. some reason, Lucifer, <laughs> Lucifer from Earth 2 has a nine inch penis, and Lucifer from Earth 1 only has six inches. This is oh, amazing. This is amazing. To 69, do you get oh. it? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas said two funny things. Uh, hello. <laughs> All right. So really fast, though, there's one thing that I don't. I'm hoping they don't do. What's that? Besides the shipping, I'm hoping they don't. I'm hoping that they don't purgatory and hell 
oh, alternate yes, universe. Yes. Oh, we yeah. already know that this does it first off, it does work. Okay. The whole idea of the alternative the alternate universe does work in terms of what they've set up, meaning you tuck away the episode at the end via purgatory or hell, right? Right. That's kind of become the thing. Where well, the alternate universe works. It falls in that category. It is essentially a hell or a purgatory where you send somebody and then the season ends. Right. And in that regard, I'm hoping it doesn't become that. Yeah. In I the think, end, I'm hoping it's not just a, hey, a means to an end. Yeah. I would love for this to be an, I don't want to be an ongoing thing, but I don't want them just to forget about it and never go to it ever again. Like they've yeah. done with Purgatory. Purgatory was hell. one of the biggest misses to me. Hell, I wasn't, I never had a problem with it because to me, it was always supposed to be this shapeless, unknowable place. And the little glimpses we got of it were always fine for me. And frankly, I liked the, mem- the the imagery in my head of what it could contain and how horrible it could be. But the fact that Purgatory was introduced and then just kind of the same scene in the woods, you know, repeated ad nauseum, it, it, it got old very quickly. I agree, but right. th- weren't we under the impression that, that Purgatory was meant to look like that everywhere? Yeah. Because you are technically locked in a in yes, Purgatory. Yes, but it could have it been a little bit more you. dynamic. Brian, well, I mean, you're, you're right. It absolutely fits the the. T- I'm proud. The style. I'm proud the of theme. what I made it something smart to say. Or what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Gold star. Yay! <laughs> why do you smiley, gotta, smiley why, face sticker? Why do you got to turn to an asshole comment? I was actually like impressed. Like, look at you. Well, I, I just it never really bothered me. Like, I I understand what you're saying, Thomas. I just I always yeah. imagined you know purgatory or or um it's a place of torment so for yeah. repetitive nature of landscape would make sense well what, what what's right. more what's more tormenting than walking a mile and you walk by the same tree again yeah for the like I always looked at it where it was like it was an infinite loop right and I think that's what always I was okay with it maybe yeah. I don't know I get it, but it, it, sense. I you're completely right with how it is this kind of never-ending limbo universe right, thing. Limbo, that's what I was trying to say, and that does work. But at the same time, as Mike said, it it did feel a little bit underutilized, or that oh, it, yeah. it becomes very dry very quickly. It was done after a couple episodes, yeah. And, and hell, we never even saw, which I understand why we didn't. But that's why. Be, okay, first off, let me just draw the lines of reality here for a moment. Uh, Adam W VFX on Twitter specifically stated that episode 23 would have the most visual effects second to season 11 episode 10 i want to say episode 11 nine episode nine yeah okay that clues us in the fact that in order to do the alternate universe cost a lot of money yes okay to do that what how many scenes did we see maybe we saw one set once one we set, saw one two day or three times we saw one day and one night a night exterior and a day exterior is what we saw. Right. A couple times. Which were awesome. So for that to be considered some of the most visual effects that Supernatural has used, which it was wonderfully done. I love the look. But that means it's going to be limited as to what it, we see. It from is it. going to be limited. So I'm hoping, A, they find a creative way to do it. Well, if you had an interior, I mean, you could have the bunker. Yeah. Just an alternate universe bunker. As long as they're inside somewhere and you don't have to see the you know, external and don't get me destroyed wrong. city. And don't get me wrong. I don't want the entire show to take place there, but I also don't think no. it, it can be, I, I also don't want it to be a one and done. Exactly. I think if they utilize it too much, it also lo- loses its novelty. Don't, don't 
waste it, right? But don't appreciate it. Break the bank either. <laughs> Love it and appreciate it. Nuzzle it. Put your nose in it. You know, For, show it that you appreciate, regardless it. of its length. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right, Ryan. No oh, God. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. No, I agree. I I don't want that to happen. I'd like to see more of it because that was just like you said. It's one scene, one day, one location. I'd love to see some more of that more universe, more of that yeah. world. It reminded like the the season five episode, the end, where you see the destroyed city and the Croatoan virus running rampant. And I know Dab be has nice. been Dab's been trying to do to redeem himself from bloodlines, and he went on Twitter and said we're we're creating worlds. Hashtag supernatural. So who knows? Maybe this can also lead to a spinoff that has nothing to do with our world and it would not have any real ramifications on the world that they have already developed for 12 seasons, which I know is something that they wanted to make sure they didn't mess up by doing a spinoff. That's why they did something like dealing with just specifically monsters and they wanted to make sure that angels and the bigger things were not involved was because they right. didn't want to run the risk of of either competing with the world of the original Supernatural or messing anything up in terms of continuity. Um, so maybe this is even uh, Andrew Dabb finally trying to make a viable spinoff. And that's something also that we talk about a lot in this show. And I could see that working as well. Bloodlines, the alternate universe. <laughs> Enos is back oh, with his penis. Enos is back. He's back and he's going to show you it. Bloodlines. Bloodlines. Lou, starring, Lou, starring Lou Ferrigno. As Edis. As Edis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bloodlines take two, literally. Oh, oh that'd God. be amazing. Hey, this is Lou Ferrigno. I'm here for Bloodlines Alternate Universe. I'm the main character, Enos. I'm going to be the greatest show ever since Incredible Hulk. And I hate like, everything cool. about that. <laughs> You remind me of Eileen. Who? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to do Eileen, but I decided against it. Yeah, you probably a good idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. go ahead. I think we'll have to see a little bit more of that universe, though, because Mary's trapped over there. Yeah, oh, we'll yeah, see it. For, for sure. But but that's what I'm saying. How many times do we think about that with Purgatory and, yeah. and Dean was already cro- has already already crossed over and we saw it in flashbacks and same thing with Castiel. I, Cast- they've stayed away from flashbacks a lot. Yeah. That well, that was a Carver thing. That was definitely a Carver. Carver thing. was definitely mm-hmm. so. Hopefully, they won't fall on that crutch as they tell us more about this alternate universe. Yeah, and we Dad can see likes, some of it. Likes Tarantino and uh, John Woo. Yes, slow mos. Yes, very much. So. Carver liked flashbacks. So, Sarah I mean, Gamble liked Sam. Pat, you know, Jerry Padalecki's abs. Oh uh, yeah, shirtless. Yeah, shirtless Sam. Mm. Anyway, she gave us sex. Which I would take that any day over slow-mo. Oh yeah. Slow-mo <laughs> of his abs. Okay. Ooh. All right, let's let's wrap up here with Sexual. a little bit of final thoughts. Ryan, what were your final thoughts on season 12's finale? Uh, uh I'm going to go ahead and say this was an A+ plus episode. What? Yeah, I really did like this. Oh. Um I I I talked about it in the first episode, you know, the the first half of this episode, what I'll call it. Um, this one, it just, it had all the feels. I know we, we had those feel moments in the, in, you know, the first half of the, of the season finale. That's what I'm going to call it. Whatever. This one, Crowley's send off was fucking poetic and perfect for the character. It just elevated the episode to me. I knew as soon as they, he said, you know, there has to be a sacrifice. I went Fuck. like in my, like I literally slumped on my couch. I was like, yeah. son of a. 
I was like, uh, here it, ha- yep, here it comes. Here it comes. And dude, everything about it, the shot, the, you know, the, the, the end of music, no music at all. Just the turn. Goodbye, boys. The, like, the half turn. Couldn't even, couldn't even turn around all the way. Face them all the way. I just, and, and to go out defiant like that. And, and like I said earlier, flipping the bird right in Lucifer's face. And, fuck and, you. Fuck you. Ha ha. I'm out. You know, that was amazing to me. Um, I think the, the, one of the other things that I really enjoyed about this episode was showing Castiel. And I know we didn't talk about it a lot, but we, how he's dealing with the entire thing. It was very human of him to deal with Kelly Klein the way that he did. You know, he has no emotional attachment to this person, to this, this, this character, but to go out of his way and do the things that he did for her. And I know that he was, you know, shown the future or whatever and blah, 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 blah. But the fact of the matter is, is he's doing things for her that, you know, I think was very human. And I really did enjoy that. Um, as far as, you know, his death, I truly don't believe he's dead. Um, I think he's coming back in one way, shape or, or, or form. Um, I just want to talk about, I know we just talked about the visual effects. Like, dude, that scene in the alternate reality with the demon, with just, you know, the the bodies everywhere, just how fucked up it was with the red lightning and everything. Man, that was a really, really cool set. They did a great job. They did that. an incredible job. Like, dude, at first I thought, holy shit, is this hell? Like, I truly thought it was like some version of I remember I, my eyes bugged out and I was like, I thought, what? It, was, I thought it was Mordor. Oh, dude, it, it looks was, like you it. saw Frodo in the background. I, yeah. When, if I can get a hold of Adam during the summer, like I was trying to yeah. like for our hell latest episodes, I'm going to talk to him what the inspiration was for the production design because it was so cool. It was awesome looking and it did yeah. have it was re- very reminiscent of Mordor. Well, it's going to this is going to sound I'm going to sound super ridiculous here, but it reminded me of Outworld in Mortal Kombat. Like it just looked like because if you've ever played the game or even seen the, the shitty movies, they did a really good job of making Outworld look like a shithole, and that's what that I don't looked watch like. Shitty movies, so yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you don't watch <laughs> shitty movies. You're actually don't. I watched the first one because uh, Christopher Lambert was in it. Yeah, the Highlander. Oh God. Anyways, were down, Ryan Thomas. I, I, what I like Highlander. <laughs> Thomas doesn't. Thomas wasn't even born when Highlander came out. The thing is, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I, I just that entire scene you know having bobby come back just the way they did it, it they they brought in an alternate universe and it didn't feel stupid or reinforced for me i agree and i think that's what made this an a plus episode they added lore without making it feel like you know oh we forced it in there no it was truly done the right way and i think that's what made this episode stand out to me we've got all kinds of question is Cass really truly dead is Mary ever going to come back? Is Lucifer coming back from that? Are we going to see more? Like, this is what I want from a season finale. I want to have questions and I want to go, shit, I'm excited for season 13. And deaths. And deaths. Yeah. You have to have deaths. I mean, I'm sorry, but it has to happen. Yeah. So, A plus for me. I enjoyed the episode a lot. All right, Mike, what about you? I give, uh, and apparently not an A plus. No, I give this episode an A. Um, and the reason why it wasn't A plus is just because it, it wasn't, and I don't think it's any fault of Dab. It just wasn't designed as an episode where you can write your ass off. It was designed as, hey, I'm moving my pieces into into place for next season. Um, so it wasn't any fault of his, but there wasn't a whole lot of story progression per se. So that's why I give it the A. Um, but in terms of visual effects, amazing. I, I mean, no wonder they use the amount of visual effects they. <laughs> 
you the know, budget that, on that this they one. boasted, you know, on using. I mean, understandably. I mean, they're going into other worlds, literally, as Dab was saying on Twitter. So great job with that. Um, if I was Kripke, Sarah Gamble, and Carver, I would all be emailing Dab the next day saying, dude, you did great with the conclusion of Crowley. Yeah. Well done. I, I would. I would. If I was the showrunner, all three of them, I would write him an email and say, you did a fantastic job understanding Crowley and who he is as an individual because you gave him the right send off this past season and what you were working towards. And even Carver, what he did uh, with uh, season 11, which might have been part of, you know, Dab's input because of taking over. So right. th- there was a clear defining aspect of of Crowley's demise. And I think that's why a lot of people kind of expected it to happen because of what we saw and how he uh, was was growing and evolving as an individual, his progression. Uh, that's a reason why this plot, this episode is an A. Um, uh, the emotional connection between um, Dean and Sam is something I think a lot of fans, I know there's a lot of fans out there that, that also don't forgive him ever for what he's done and, and the murders he's done and the people he's, he's killed in seasons five through what, seven, eight. But I think for a lot of fans, he's, he's won us over, over the past few years. And I think, I'd um, say so. Yeah. I think they did a great job and, and they did what a lot of fans needed and wanted from him. Uh, and what we wanted to see as, as fans of Sam and Dean as well, we wanted him to have that ending that took place in front of them for, for them to witness his death and uh for them to finally accept him is the tragedy of it all it's a wonderful end yeah um and because of that i i don't think i agree with everyone else i don't think this is the end of castiel i think the fact that it wasn't impactful enough and i know that's what a lot of castiel misha collins fans are bitching about right now and rightfully so. He I, does I, just seem to die. He, he does die at and the him end. Even going into the world again, established for with something that they know won't work. Yeah, there, there's something there. Yeah, and I think it's by it's, it's by, by design. design. It's yeah. intentional. But I'm okay with his death just because I know that there's going to be more to his story. That's not done. We have to witness the his death. We have to see that Has loss. Yep. Yeah, you know, for a character like that, it needs to be felt by by Jared's character and Jen and Sam's character. We have to feel it and see it for Sam on Sam and Dean. Yeah. Uh, so the utilization of the alternate reality or the alternate universe to show the parallels between uh, this world, the world of Sam and Dean and the, the other world was a great way to give us a finite. Hey, Sam and Dean do matter. This is their legacy. Mm hmm. They've made the right decisions. Their very essence of free will is the reason why they live in the world they live in today. And this is what happens when you don't utilize and go against your destiny and use your free will. It was such a great way to end a dozen episodes. Yeah. The landmark. It's, it's just beautifully done. All right. That's an A from Mike. Uh, for me, this episode was phenomenal is very very strong it was a great way to after closing the british mental letters it was nice to see the episode dedicated sp- wholly to lucifer the nephilim crowley and castiel and while it is tragic because crowley as as many fans will know is one of my absolute favorite characters 
I'm not mad because it was done mm-hmm. so well. It it hits you right in the gut. The Bye Boys line was the perfect bookend to how he's been introduced to the show, how he's been a part of the show. Every time he shows up on camera, he had that trademark line. You know, Mark Shepard did a phenomenal job over the years as Crowley, and I know a lot of fans from a lot of nerd fandoms know him, whether it's Battlestar Galactica or Firefly or Doctor Who. He's always been great, but Crowley is who he'll always be to me, no matter what show he's on. And I, while I do feel like it's a finite death, I'm okay with it, and I liked it. I do agree that I think Castiel is going to be a little bit more to the story because it, it did feel a little shallow by comparison. It, Like Mike said, it was just kind of there on screen, but it wasn't, it didn't serve a greater purpose. It was not part of the story. It wasn't even to keep Lucifer at bay. It was just kind of there, which does raise a lot of questions. And we have the Nephilim who can do all kinds of things, which I'm excited to see. That's going to be cool. And what he has the potential to do. I loved seeing Bobby in the alternate universe. The only real downsides I have to this episode is kind of like Mike. And like we said earlier, it wasn't so much a closing chapter. It was a closing chapter for certain characters, but it was not a closing chapter for supernatural. It was more of a, the season ended in the previous episode. And this was this like half premiere, half finale mix. So that was a little bit, off because it feels like this oh, here's the epilogue stapled on at the end right but like ryan said i am excited for season 13 and after so much of season 12 was you know rickety over the course of the season and we didn't really know where things were going for these two episodes to bring it home like this was really good and yeah. like you know holy crap dab way to deal with crowley i i don't believe castiel's done yet Rowena, while sad, I think was necessary to have these characters wiped off the board, but I am right. excited to see what happens with season 13. And just a few episodes ago, we were all predicting doom and gloom and all kinds of things. But the fact that they opened up this untapped well of an alternate universe and the fact that there's a being that could just by by his own decisions open up other portals to who knows where leads us with possible you know, uh, spinoff shows, possible character returns, alternate takes on characters we love so that we get both a return it's and so a new much potential, story. Bro. It's a lot of potential. And this is what I like to see. These are the kind of questions I like to ask from a finale. Where are we going? I have all these different routes we could take. There's all this fallout I want to see. And I'm excited. So for that, this episode for me was an A as well. And it's it's been an interesting season overall. I think it's safe it to say... There's been a lot of people who feel very strongly positive, very strongly mm-hmm. negative. It has garnered a lot of mixed reviews. And we've talked about this throughout the last 23 episodes of The Crossroads. How much of this has worked? Where could they have gone to redo things? And as Mike put together with that discussion, that that breakdown of why certain writing decisions were made... Does Doesn't that it make much more it sense? Makes much more sense, but what? But should that have been the route they always took? Could it have been better before? Was it right. implemented later? Could there have been more of a cohesive nature yes. utilizing the same tactics from day one, yeah. rather than what it felt like was right. halfway through? They kind of realized they had to restructure some of this, and that's all things we're going to go over in the exactly. year in review on June fifth. So, guys, <laughs> that's nice leading plug. into. <laughs> Join us again in about two weeks, June 5th. We were going to do the year end review. What worked? What did not work? 
And then, of course, now we're stuck in Helatus again. Ugh. And while it does suck, I think we're all happy that there is a Helatus. It doesn't just suck. Helatus is a bitch, to be honest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh. Gotta say the name of the movie in the movie. <laughs> I'm gonna get some shirts made with that. I do though. think though we can all be happy that we are in Helatus rather than there are no more Helatus seasons to look forward to. That's true. And I'm also very happy that it ended on a high note. Yeah. The season. Meaning everybody is kind of for the most part uh pretty stoked with yes. the ending. Yes. So I and that's not something we had from last year, even yeah. though we enjoyed it, not everyone did. So I think this one was a great send-off. And for that, guys, we're going to take a break for two weeks, but we will be back for our year-end discussion. Thank you for joining us well, in the chat. Well, hold on. Let's, let's oh, really fast. You wanted, and let's go oh, over. it's been a long show, so I didn't know if we were going to keep going. Really fast. Five minutes. I want to, because people spend a lot of time. It's only right. This is true. It, a, it is the end of the season. Yeah, I want to read a few thoughts from Do Facebook. Do you have one? I, I got to bring it up here. I don't, but I can, I can waste time if you want you pull it up. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, sometimes he's got to have time wasted while he pulls Sometimes it you got to get it ready. It's not always ready to go. I am always ready to go. Sometimes you just got to <laughs> flick it a few times. Uh, that flick sounds painful, but no. Pain is good. Are we talking about the bean or are we talking about the, also, the franken yes. beans? I'm talking about the head. Oh, God. Oh, All right. God. So we'll read a couple of comments real quick, because, again, it is the end of the season. <laughs> Makes sense. We should do so. And, yeah, and when you to. guys do take a lot of time, we do read them. Even I know we've had some episodes where we haven't read all of them on air, but we do read them on our own time. So they don't go to them. waste. I don't. I like to see how many different opinions. And I take a tally usually. <laughs> Ryan's just a dickhead. <laughs> I know. Fuck you guys. Fuck, Fuck I ne- you. I never say that. I don't want listeners. Uh, I never said God. that. God. All right. I just said I don't read them. Gen- I hate myself. Why would I like you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer says the first hour was everything that made me fall in love with Supernatural and what it should always be. Action, suspense, horror, family, struggle, love, redemption, risk. Just all of it, and what it was all done so well. I have to take a minute and express how proud I am so far of how Dean is, Sam has come. Dean, too. But Sam really needed this opportunity to be independent to Dean and to succeed on his own. So proud of him and his development as a character. The second hour drug a bit, but wow, those last 15 minutes. I didn't think the writers had the guts, and I still think they will cop out on uh, Castiel's death and either have Lucifer's kid bring him back or pull something with an alternate Castiel from the other world that took his place. Oh, look at her. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, that's still they still went there, and I have to applaud them for that, and I can't wait to see what happens next season. The first hour, though, my heart was in my throat the whole time. Just so well done. Bravo. Yeah. Uh, Tabitha Bahidi Tyree, I want to say. Uh, maybe it's too soon to write my thoughts. I'm too emotional. I absolutely do not believe that this is it for Cass. I think Jack will save him somehow. But I do think it's the end of the road for Crowley. Uh, that seems final based on all the development he had in the season, showing that he really was part of the team, and he did end up on the side of the Winchesters. I'm sad we didn't see Rowena alive one last time before her death. I have high hopes for season 13. They clearly put all of the pieces in place. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Spike Twisted, I want to say. Damn, I'm I, jealous of that name. That's, <laughs> that's a, a sick name. name, dude. If I had Spike Twisted as a name in like high school, yeah. I would have got so laid. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been like, yo, my name's Spike Twisted. Don't ask me what my middle name is. <laughs> You're you such a douche. <laughs> my <laughs> God. 
<laughs> anyway, he says, I can't believe so much has happened through the whole series, but tonight was the best knowing how far Sam and Dean have come and always leaving the viewers breathless. I'm going to miss Crowley and Castiel. It was great to see Bobby again. Good job, guys. All uh, right. Uh, Melissa Hoist, all the feels when Crowley's by boys to play off his hello boys for the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I'm so much more emotional about Crowley than I am about Castiel and Bobby. More Bobby all the time in all caps. Donna Montiel, I want to say, just has a meme with Dean saying what the actual fuck just happened. <laughs> I appreciate that one. That's a great one. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Samantha uh, Levitin says episode 22 was so awesome. Quite easy. Uh, easily my number one favorite episode of season 12. Hands down. I love the scene where uh, where with the help of Tony uh, Bevel, Dean goes into Mary's mind to get her out of being brainwashed. Love Dean's plea of telling her to snap out of it and all the Sam's downfalls, all being a future result of Mary's deal with Azazel. And I loved when Sam makes his who are speech. Uh, who we are. Oh, sorry. Who we are speech. Who, are? Fellow, who <laughs> are? Reading I, is hard. I'll simmer down. It's true, though. Who we are speech to fellow American hunters. Last but not least, Mr. Catch kills Tony, Mary kills Mr. Catch, and Jody kills Mr. Dr. Hess. Awesome trilogy of death. <laughs> With the end of the Brits, it feels like a huge weight has been lifted from my shoulders. Gosh, that was a glory that was glorious to watch. All right. Uh Candy Zeke says this. Holy crap. He finally got to use the grenade launcher. Yes. I was so cheering him on. Their uh their Brits messed with the wrong hunters. Dean actually supported Sam to go do his thing. He trusted him to go at it alone. I'm glad they made amends before Mary got stuck in the alternate world with Lucifer. She kicked some major ass. That's a that's a fan fiction being waiting to be made. Oh god. Mm. Uh Crowley, what the hell? <laughs> Lucifer. Not how I expected him to, him to go out. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Cast is fine, but Nephilim chose him. <laughs> and Bobby, awesome to see him. Very scary to see a world without Sam and Dean. But if he's trapped in the alternate universe now, Lucifer can create something there. He's going to create something inside Mary. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> a true Sam. A demon Sam. A true I Nephilim. failed the first time. A, God true, damn it. <laughs> a true Nephilim. Blood didn't work. Oh. Let's try some other liquid. Try- oh. <laughs> this one's saltier. Oh, God. <laughs> That's amazing. Jesus Enough Christ. with the iron taste. Now we go oh. with the salty taste. Now we go with the salty taste in your mouth. From D's nuts. I don't know what's worse. That I, I don't know what's worse. That I know the taste of blood, or Thomas knows the taste of semen. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> You're the one that came up with a descriptive word there. What? Oh, oh, you just pulled that out of your ass. You're the one. What are you pulling salty? out of your ass, Thomas? All right. So Gretchen. I didn't say salty. That was Ryan. I didn't say that. Gretchen. Oh, Engel. go back to the tapes. <laughs> Never down. Gretchen Engel says, I nearly put a hole in my TV last night when <laughs> oh, right as Lucifer started punching Dean an alternate Mad Max reality. I love that <laughs> yeah. quote. My, lo- oh, my local CW cut away. Oh, oh that's fucked up. Fuck them. Uh, for severe weather coverage for the remainder of the episode. Oh, dude. That's I not the CW. So that's angry. Your, that's not CW, though. That's your internet provider you know what been worse, and your fucking weatherman. You know what worse if it would have cut... I would be writing letters. It would have been worse if it cut to a to river... my congress ri- members. It would have been cut worse if it cut to a Riverdale commercial. Oh. Yeah, that's happened. Then that's on CW. Uh, but I've seen the rest of the episode now, and honestly, I'm totally fine with how it ended. It's about five seasons too late for me to, emo- to be emotionally affected by Castiel's death. Aw. 
I like both Cass and Crowley a lot, and I love Misha and Mark, but like you guys have been saying for a long time, the show needed to cut dead weight. Assuming Castiel is actually dead, she put it in parentheses, which is definitely up in the air, as others have pointed out. Whether he stays dead or the Nephilim saves him, I won't be surprised either way. I thought the first episode was a great way to wrap up the British Men of Letters storyline, for the time being at least, again, in parentheses, and uh, there was so many great moments. My personal favorites being Dean with the flamethrower, uh, Dean reaching Mary... Does she mean the... I think grenade launcher. The grenade launcher. Uh, Dean reaching Mary behind her psychic walls and Sam's speech to the other hunters have expected him to end with clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Uh, if who we are was an ending, all along the Watchtower was a beginning. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's, we said that. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, Randy Giles, both episodes were great. I enjoyed how each tied up specific scenarios without closing them off completely. With one, you have the potential repercussions of taking down the British Men of Letters in the U.S. With the other, you have the Nephilim, who smiled pretty creepily at Sam, if you ask me. <laughs> then there is the meat and potatoes of both episodes. We finally see Dean go uh, get to let go of years of repressed emotions with, to his mother. Those weren't man tears by any stretch. <laughs> oh. uh, Sam became the leader we all knew he could be. Then that finale, holy hell, Crowley going out the way of a hero, sacrificing himself for the greater good. Not so sure good. what to think on Castiel's death because I felt it should have been different than Mary forcing Lucifer into the portal and it closing. Just wow. Clean slate indeed for season 13. Yeah, see, there seems to be a lot of the same consensus in terms of Castiel's death, which again, just solidifies the idea that dudes, if dudes in, is that proper dudes? Dudes? Yeah. Okay. Peoples. Peoples of the world. Peeps. Peoples of the world. Oh, God. Um, if Castiel was going out, it would have been made a lot better. Yeah, like they, his death. It would have meant a they lot. They would have put more emphasis on it. Yeah, it was meant as shock value. They didn't make a mistake. They didn't accidentally yeah. kill him that way. It was purposely done as shock value to make us discuss these things going on right now. Yep. Um, all right. Sally Miller says, I have an observation. Question. Slash question about episode 23. Bobby had a gun with bullets of melted down angel blades. Uh, Dean tried to shoot Lucifer to see if the bullets would kill an archangel. And then she says, Gra Gabriel was killed with an angel blade. I think someone forgot about that. Otherwise, I liked both episodes. Uh, a few people liked her comments <laughs> as well. Um, you know, at, you and I actually had this conversation yeah. off air, Thomas, and I think we kind of came to the same conclusion that Lucifer is not a run-of-the-mill archangel. He's fucking Lucifer. Yeah. The, there's a couple of things. One of the comments in here talks about maybe it had something to do with Crowley's vessel tampering. Possibly. And making him more powerful or more durable, which is very possible. But I also think there's something to be said because it's Lucifer. Michael and Lucifer had to fight each other. There's yeah. a reason the, the spear of Michael was designed specifically to kill Lucifer. It was designed to make only right. one thing suffer and die. And the, also, yes, Gabriel died from an angel blade, and Raphael died from, you know, demigod Cass, but that angel blade was also wielded by Lucifer. Who's to say he couldn't have made it more powerful? Right. And again, there were different rules, frankly, when Kripke was around versus now. Right. I never had a problem with it. Plus, I'd like to think that you smelt down the the blade it might lose some of its potency yeah i, I honestly like i thought Plus, about he's from that. a different reality who's to say that'll even hurt him in the same way right. 
Yeah. Honestly, I just thought it was, hey, it's Lucifer. He can't be. An e- he's not an easy mark. <laughs> You know exactly. what I mean? Like there's a lot of reasons I think that they can get around that without too much heartache. Yeah. Uh, Willow Rosenberg says, I'm not going to waste time going over every point made before since several people seem to feel the same way I did about the two episode finale and said it perfectly. That being said, I just want to draw attention to three things briefly. Dad managed to wipe the state, the slate clean with the deaths, though I'm sure Castiel will be back. She put in parentheses, give birth to a new a uh, powerful force, villain or friend in parentheses with the Nephilim and most importantly made Mark Pellegrino Lucifer a more permanent unstoppable being. If it wasn't clear in earlier episodes in season 12, then it was certainly made clear in the finale that now no one has the means to either kill Lucifer, force him out of the vessel or return him to the cage with the exception of Chuck, Amara and the Nephilim. I would also agree yeah. with that. I would also say, if you look at season five, the cult couldn't kill him, and I would argue that the cult can outdo an angel blade. Yeah, and, yes, honest, and honestly, if you were to um, stupefy down Lucifer to being able to be killed by other means, or even Crowley, no matter how much we loved Crowley, he could not be the one to ever take him out. Right. The way Kripke set up the very backbone of this show, Lucifer will always be the ultimate baddie. Whether he has to be, whether he's intimidating as he was in season five, isn't the point. He's got to be the end of all things. The end all be all. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, you know, Willow hit it right in the head. And I think that's exactly what the rest of the writing staff has uh, feels feels as well. And I think it's not going to change. Lucifer will only be killed by Chuck. And looking at the broader story of Chuck and Lucifer or God and Lucifer, I mean, it has to be, right? I mean, their story is also tragic. The father-son thing was a big part of seasons one through five. It has to be. God will be the one to kill Lucifer to, in the end. To, unfortunately, as tragic as it may be, right his mistake. Yeah. Even though, as we saw, he didn't want to do it last year. Yeah. He will have to make that hard decision. And by doing so, will actually make a progression of the character of God. So if they hold off a little bit longer, you could also have Amara do it the same way that we were talking about. Maybe Jody save, taking save out Amara taking out Lucifer for Chuck, just like Jody took out Doctor Hess. I could buy that. Sam. That would work. They mend their relationship, and she is destruction. Yeah, that would work. So, and it, it makes Chuck not have to be that evil. Yeah, to do something he doesn't want to do. And last but not least, Jennifer Brown says, "I feel like I need a support system after all that." <laughs> Which is very fitting, I think. That's, that's how, how I. I to say, that's how I felt. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's why I texted you right after. You really did. Which you never do. I never do that. Yeah, I, I normally just save it, but I couldn't help <laughs> yeah. myself. I was like, in, I was crying. I think we all had a bit of an emotional impact with that episode. But guys, that's going to be it here for Supernatural: The Crossroads. Thank L- you for longest listening. show ever. That's our the longest I, show ever. I almost fell asleep. <laughs> so dumb. We will be back again June 5th for our year-end review show. Again, do not miss that. And also, check out on RainManDigitalMedia.com. See what we've got coming up this summer. And if you want to be part of the Patreon system or see all the additional content that's going to come out for that, head over to Patreon.com slash RainManDigital. And we will see you all in a couple of weeks. Later. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.